This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Rolling Stone has come out with a list. I'm always, um, I always take their list with a grain of salt. Uh, I a agree. lot of times they do some weird stuff, but they rounded up 75 of the greatest boy band songs of oh. all time, and they have declared their pick for number one. Ooh. And I have the top ten. I don't have the full list of 75 here. Uh, I think that's all you need is the top ten. That, mm-hmm. that tells the whole story. And we're, you and I, we're huge boy band fans. We're boy banders. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I've, I've always hated boy bands. But then again, oh. along along the way, yeah. there are a few that, they, that these types of groups will hit with, and you can't deny they're they're catchiness. Listen, you just can't deny it. You heard me go on about BTS a while ago. <laughs> That's right. So uh, I yeah. have no credibility here. So mm-hmm. yeah, if a song's good, it's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, are there any repeats, or are they trying to you know be diplomatic here? And they gave in the one... top in the top ten. I only see one one band per song. Uh, but huh. it, the list is greatest boy band songs, Casey. So I would imagine that there have got to be repeats among the seventy-five. There weren't that. So if you think about boy bands, th- there's not. There's a finite. Obviously, there's a finite list of anything in this in this realm of music. But the uh, uh, there are not that many classic boy band boy bands. Yeah, but for right? every era, there's a, yeah. a few in but there. Do we yes. consider like I mean? Uh, I guess at some point. Would the Beatles have been considered a boy band? It's a good question. That's a good question. You know, uh-huh. they're usually vocal groups. There, right. There is, uh, like, there's one on here where they, the guys play their own instruments. But everything else I'm looking at on here, Steve, in this top ten, they're all, uh, they're all vocal groups. They're there all you just go. Singers and dancers. All right. Uh, but yeah, because I was thinking, if you want to go way back, like somebody like the Bee Gees, because they actually started off when they were young back in the '60s, they had hits, and they probably would have been a boy band. True, they were, they were musicians as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, right, well, wrote their own music. Yeah. All right. So, if you're not writing, if you're manufactured, right, that's what makes you a boy band. I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, no, I don't think so. I just always thought it was it was male vocal groups and not necessarily manufactured. Because there's one on here where. The three of them are brothers, and uh, they're oh. considered a, a, a boy band right there, Casey. Uh, uh, yeah, I right. Marissa? All right, I want to get you this whole list because on it they have New Edition. Yes. Um, New Edition is in the top ten. Okay. They have The Monkees. Okay, maybe. See, to me, that's a blur. Okay. That's, uh, that, um, they, that band had, um, so The Monkees and The Beatles and bands that, were, uh, that w- girls went crazy for... To me, I always think of a more manipulated approach to boy bands. Do you know what I'm saying? Or like a come like, and go. Like not, One Direction. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I kind of know what you're saying. LFO. <laughs> All right, well, let me go through the top ten. O-Town. And, and Marissa will, will get <laughs> some right. other. Well, yeah, the, you know, the 98 Degrees. 98 yeah. Degrees. Yeah, yeah there was, and they're, yeah. they're not in the top ten. Uh, but LFO is number 10 on the list. Oh! Uh, with Summer Girls. Is this it? Yeah. I don't know this song. Oh my god, this is so bad, I can't even I always felt like, even when this song came out, it was more tongue-in-cheek than anything else. Right? No, no, I think it was done with full intent. 
baby. Something in your eyes when it drove me crazy. Like this, I think this is what the, or at least what I'm thinking the list is going to be, is mostly this. Stuff like this, right? Not yeah, not the Beatles. Right, right. All right, uh, so I that's... I like Phil's and uh, Abercrombie and Fitch, too. Well, huh. <laughs> congratulations, Reed. Uh, all right, here's the one I was talking about where they are brothers. This is uh, number nine. Hanson. This is a good song. I like this song. You can't deny the catchability of this tune. How old, how old were they when they wrote this? Oh, uh, man, the, the drummer was a kid. He yeah. was like 10 or 11 years old, probably. In the video, he's taking swigs of Similac. And Zach, I think Zach was maybe 13 at the most, the lead singer. You know who's obsessed with these guys is Sarah, uh, Jackson's oh, really? producer. He's obsessed. Okay. Loves them. They were in our studio, right? They yes, were. They yes. were. And then one of them had like a seizure after, uh, two days after coming in our studio. Listen, they have great harmonies, good performers. So, uh, Hanson, number nine. Uh, number eight on this list, this is what I consider to be the penultimate okay. <laughs> boy band, New Kids on the Block. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. God, they were huge in the 80s. Or would it have been 90s, actually? Late 80s, 90s, 90s, 90s. Yeah. It was yeah. 90s. Yeah. I have since come to appreciate these guys. Well, once we hung out with them in uh, I guess that's what North did Wildwood. I, I couldn't stand them. Yeah. But you know what? Like, So this was like my wheelhouse. I was in 7th or 8th grade or whatever when these guys came out. And there's just something sort of like, it's almost like it is inherent in you as a, as a boy. Well, you got to hate them. Yeah. Even though you love them, right? But all well, the girls For love fear them. that other girls love them. And, right. and what is so cool about them, yeah. there's a great Goldbergs episode where they're, they're sort of torturing Eric, Erica because they uh, she loves new kids. And both Barry and Adam are like mocking them and they're like, they start to sing the songs and then before that, before you know it, they're working on the choreography, <laughs> and oh. then they become hardcore fans. Well, the thing that would kill me, Case, was in, in any of these is the moment that it would go, and I love you, girl, yeah. you know, or something like that. That's when I would be like, okay, enough already, man. Well, I, love you, I mean, girl. the you know, you know, I mean that, baby. Boys to men, they had that guy with the bass. He was like, baby, you know. Oh, oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I want you and your mother. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that song, Hang Tuck, came out in 1988. And uh, lest we forget, without New Kids, we would not have Mark Wahlberg. You know, yeah. they really begat the Funky Bunch. Oh, yeah. You know, and then Mark's whole The funkiest career. of bunch, yeah. Nick. Yeah. That song is called Right Stuff, not Hangin' Tough. I'm yeah, sorry, Hangin' Tough was a different one. Hangin' Tough came out in 88. Hangin' Tough was, like, their second. I think it was... Hangin' Tough! Yes. Oh. Hangin' Tough! <laughs> hangin' so tough! Come on, Case. Hanging tough. All right. Uh, We're hanging tough. <laughs> you know, man, those guys are so tough. They're hanging. No, uh, you can't be that tough and not hang. <laughs> <laughs> they were the opening act for Tiffany on her big tour. Opening oh, for Tiffany. <laughs> opening Whoa. for Tiffany. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So Tiffany, what Linda Ronstadt was to the Eagles, Tiffany was to... New Kids on the Block. block. I guess so. All right, we don't have a clip of this band, Aventura. Never even heard of that band. Yeah, neither have I, but they have the number... It's called Obsession, Kathy. What? And not not that, not the other song from the 80s. Obsession. Yeah, that's an emotion. Obsession. Um, I love you, girl. I love my obsession with you, girl. Oh, it's a... I want you, girl. It's a Spanish song. I want to take your panties off, girl. (laughs) 
Just joined again. Regis does the he does the spoken word part. Uncle, the... can't you see? I, I love you so much. <laughs> I wrote your name on my trapper keeper. <laughs> Why do we put Regis in this? Oh, <laughs> girl, come on. All right. Joy's made some couscous. You can come on over and we'll have some margaritas. All Trying right. to reach on my balcony. Demo, I guess, maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. I'm the bad boy. All right, here's uh, number six on this list, and it's from One Direction. We have that? Yeah. Baby, you light up my world like nobody has it's to Oh, I like this song, actually. what makes you beautiful is you don't know that you're beautiful. Girl, you're so goddamn beautiful. Yeah. That's a good song for like the end of my run when I'm coming up the hill oh, and talking. Oh, I'm like, yeah. yes, mama's finished. Woo! I've actually become a Harry Styles fan. Oh, Casey, me too. Just like strawberries <laughs> on a summer <laughs> evening. Oh, is this a solo hit? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's hear Watermelon it. Watermelon sugar, hi. <laughs> Watermelon sugar, hi. Watermelon sugar, hi. Watermelon sugar, hi. Oh, my wow. God. She is wow. like on pitch. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> what a voice of an angel. Uh, I love that it. Now, remember, we, there was a, somebody had an encounter with him at a Wawa in Delaware not oh, that long right. ago. He, he was, was a nice guy. Super duper nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Of course he was. Yeah. You can't write watermelon sugar and not, and be, not a, be. be an awesome guy. Watermelon sugar? Yeah. Watermelon sugar. Ha <laughs> <laughs> What's it about? It's about watermelon sugar. Sugar and okay. strawberries. Yeah, sure. Yes, sure. Nice He's basically shopping for produce. Mm-hmm. Okay. On a summer evening. Uh, oh, wait. Do you want to hear this Adventura song? Yes, yes, Jesse yes, yes. Adventura. Okay, it's Jesse we Ventura. Yeah, <laughs> it's called Obsession. I'm an obsession. I'm an obsession, brother. <laughs> is that what the beat is? Yeah. What is it? Pachata. Pachata. Hey, I don't... love you, girl. I you can't don't... not dance to that. Oh, really? Just that. <laughs> That yep. rhythm. Yep. Uh, you know who's not on this list? I'm gonna I'm gonna just jump in and spoil it a little bit. But Menudo. Speaking of Menudo, uh, s- songs no. that are in Spanish. No. They were they were one of the ultimate boy bands. Global band. And, and so and this is the legendary Menudo that you could not exceed a certain age. They you would throw out. you out. Yes, yeah. sixteen. Rick, I think Ricky Martin was in Menudo. Was I believe he not? you are correct. Absolutely, they have Absolutely. to be somewhere on the seventy-five list, right? Well, on yeah, the seventy-five, probably. but not in the top, top ten. Not top uh, ten. Yeah, you got to be goddamn kidding me. No. Although I couldn't, t- and I knew all about Menudo when I was a kid. I couldn't tell you one name of one Menudo. All I remember yeah. is that at that time when the band broke, oh, they no. were super huge. <laughs> Steve. Nick pulled up the top 75. On the list of boy bands is Du Jour. <laughs> <laughs> what movie was that? That's um, Josie and the Pussycats. Josie and the yeah. Pussycats. Du Jour. And the song was called Backdoor Lover. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's that about? Yeah, I love that. I love Du Jour. Just the name alone. Du Jour. Like, it's making fun of that it was great of the day there is a great horrible movie that adrian barbeau stars in it's a it's a horror movie called ring of fire i think it's called okay or or, uh, and it's it's about the um this boy band it's actually they're zombies and uh, it's but it it's just uh, it's so much of that time 
Uh, you got it. You got to check it out. It's horrible. Uh, Menudo is at number forty, by the way, with a song okay. called Holy. Just, so they did make it. In okay, there. so Adventura. I don't. I've never heard. I, I don't know how you could put that. I can't believe. I am arguing this stupid list, uh, but Why? how come boys to men like Motown Philly or? Well, the list is not over yet. We don't and I know. also, it seems like it's oh. it's uh, from like '90s on, right? It's it's not younger than no. that. At least not he yet. Said, he said the monkeys was on the list. Yeah, yeah the monkeys. Oh, are, the monkeys went. Yeah. So uh, Casey, Motown Philly's number sixteen. So it, it didn't quite crack the top ten. All right. All right. So moving on, uh, Steve. Number five is BTS Moon. There you yeah, go. That's not my favorite BTS song. Do you know that song? <laughs> I don't know vaguely. Mm, did they do BTS. that on what did they do on SNL? Uh they did um Boy Boy with Love. <laughs> okay. Uh, we are boys with love. I don't have the clip of Moon for you, Steve, unfortunately. What the hell? Uh number four. Okay, okay, so we Yeah, we got you. Here. All right, number four is you got it? Yep. Nope, that's not it. No, I have it. <laughs> I have it. Oh, you have it up here. All right, go ahead. Trust me, bro. No. Not new edition. Number four is Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. My bad, my bad. Oh, man. That's what I wanted to play. Mm -hmm. You are my fire. This is my favorite boy band song. This is it. I'm going on. I'm going on record. Okay. This is my favorite boy band song. When I say I want it that way, I want you, girl. Who who all was in this band? There was Mickey, (laughs) Johan, Spinoza, Terrence, and Liam. Spinoza, Terrence, and Liam. Mickey, Spinoza, Terrence, and Liam? Yeah, they were the best. Yeah, AJ, Howie, Nick, Kevin, and Brian. I was off. But yeah, yeah, you were close. I missed one, Nick. Yeah. (laughs) Olivia de Havilland. Uh, To me, this video and this band, that's the quintessential. You want it that way, don't you, Nick? I want it. No, but like the the facial hair, the, the choreographed moves, the long jackets, the choreographed outfits. Everything, right, about, right. Uh, every single thing about that to me, <laughs> the screams, airport screams boy band. Yeah, yep, yep I agree. The private jet in the back. Yeah. yeah, they're singing in front of a jet in this video. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's number four. Didn't even make the top three. Number three, though, is one case you started Sorry. to play, Candy Girl from uh, New Edition, and that actually a lot of a lot of musicians came out in New Edition. You had uh, Bobby Brown, mm-hmm. Ralph Tresvant, uh, Johnny Gill, Johnny Gill. That's right, and then Belle Biv DeVoe. Those guys, uh, Michael Bibbins, um, uh, Levy Bell. I've forgotten all the guys, man. It's been a long time. All right. Michael Bibbins, Ricky yeah. Bell, and Ronnie DeVoe. Okay. A talented group. Yep, yep. Yeah, but this isn't my favorite New Edition song either. If I, what's, I gotta, what's your favorite New Edition? Well, I'm trying to think now. Mr. Telephone Man? That, uh, this was their biggest hit, I think. Was this the biggest one? Yeah. Totally. I was thinking the same thing. Ralph Tresvant was the lead singer and he had such a squeaky high voice. I want to hear that again. That's unbelievable. Steve, you were spot on with that. Yeah. 
a minion. <laughs> I love you, girl. <laughs> okay. Uh, new edition at number... I love you, Gru. No. <laughs> I love you, Gru. <laughs> Instead of girl. I love you, Gru. All right. Uh, the next one, number two on this list, ranks way up there with quintessential boy band. If you're tuning in, it's Rolling Stones' top boy band songs ever, the top 75. I think everyone has, you know, unless you're, uh, unless you just can't own up to it. Yeah. Like for me, I love that Backstreet Boys song. You know, that, everyone's got... A guilty pleasure out of this. Life. A friend of ours, Beth, who got married a few years ago, she and her wedding party, when this song hit, this was like the big moment of the night. Yeah. They were waiting all night for this to happen. Easily. And when it did, the dance the dance floor went crazy. <laughs> Apparently they, they live for sync and this song in particular, but yeah. Forgotten my boy band lore. Uh, who came out of this? Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Joey Anybody Fatone. Else? Joey Fatone. Lance Bass. Lance, Lance Bass. 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 There was Spinoza. Yeah. JC. Johan. Chiron. Chris. JC and Chris. I, the other names I know. JC and Chris. I don't remember. Yeah. JC. Chazé and Chris Kirkpatrick. Okay. This uh, no strings attached. Sold one million copies in one day. And oh 2.42 million in one week. What? Yeah, I remember this being sort of like the end of the rock era of the 90s because these guys just were huge. It, and it killed rock for a while did. because yeah. this stuff just dominated. And there was one guy responsible for a lot of this stuff, the guy Lou Pearlman. You remember that guy? Yeah. He was like a, like a quasi-pedophile and he was a was tax he? cheat. Yeah. yeah. There was a documentary on him. <laughs> And some of these guys and these bands like O Town and NSYNC and then some of the other bands that he he created, some hate his guts and some like are like, well, he helped us along the way. And it's I, I think he's dead now, Luke Pullman. Yeah, he died yeah. four years ago. Yeah. Wow! But he was this uh, he was this controversial figure who, if you want to talk about Case, actually, you know, taking out the the list of ingredients, mm-hmm. you know, okay, fashion, look. Everyone's high concept. You know, yeah. you have your five guys, and you got the the, the bad boy, and you, yeah. that's what everybody's got to define. Yeah. That's what yeah. he did. The yeah. pretty boy, the guy who can grow facial hair, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, I can. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Steve, what? "Cool It Now" was the name of the song that I liked from uh, oh, New right. Edition. Okay. That was a New one. Edition. Yeah. Um, <laughs> remember it? No. You don't remember that song? No. Sing a little bit. Uh, cool it now. Cool it now. No, that's not it. Oh. Cool it now. You gotta slow it down, slow it down. No, I'd have to hear it. All right, let's see if we can get it. it. Uh, so, In Sync, Bye 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 is number two. So, number one on Rolling Stones' top boy band songs ever. Girl. Going back a few years for this one, yeah. And did you see it already? I, I, I looked, I looked, I, I have to recuse myself. All right. Jackson 5. I want you back. I love this song. This is this song can pretty much get me in a good mood yep. almost any time. The guitar man. I was thinking about doing a drum cover to this. This is so much fun. Yeah. It's the uh, last. Hey, listen to Michael Jackson. I mean, at what that age, that that command. Yeah. 
final scene of Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. What's that? Who wrote this? That's a damn good question. They wrote some of their stuff, but they didn't write everything. Like Smokey Robinson wrote yeah. a lot of stuff back in the day for the Motown groups, and Nick's going to look that up. Dude was a talented kid, man. I wow. I saw a funny meme uh, yesterday. It was uh, the uh, Samuel Jackson 5. So it was <laughs> oh, like, no. I-, I want you back, mother effer. Uh, <laughs> does it say who wrote it? To- yeah, the the corporation. So that's uh, it's a group of people, and it included Barry Gordy, uh, Freddie Perrin. So the Motown Collective. Yeah, Alfonso Mazel and Deke Richards. And so, Spinoza. And Spinoza all wrote that. So yeah, it was a, it was a collective, and it was it was the hit makers, man. Yeah, you know, they they that stuff didn't happen by accident. They they crafted those songs perfectly. It was a <clears throat> excuse me. It was an amazing Motown documentary that came out. I don't know, maybe at the beginning of the year or a little bit before then. That I was just transfixed with. I mean, they were just they they were the best of the best at crafting amazing songs. I didn't know this until just now, but the name of the record uh, that that was on was called Diana Ross Presents the Jackson 5. So uh, she wow. was like the presenting sponsor or the presenting yes. artist on it? That's In really fact, cool. She kind of fought pretty hard because Barry Gordy was like, "Ah, it's a kid act." You know. Yeah. He came in and he he didn't deny that they were talented, but but Diana Ross was like, "No." You're going to miss this gigantic opportunity if you pass. Could you imagine? On this group. They are incredible. Uh, so, And she was right. So, yeah. So, she, somehow or another, Nick, I don't know how that worked out that she got that presenting status on there. Yeah. And then, so that came out in 1969. Wow. It wasn't even in the 70s. 1969. And then ABC came out the following year. Wow. ABC, another yeah. great tune right in that vein. Easy as one, two, three. Yep. All simple as do re me. Yep. So those are the top boy band songs ever, according to Rolling Stone. And they've got a comprehensive list, all 75 of them. So outside of the top 10, I'll, I'll hit real quick here for you. Uh, High Five, I Like the Way. Uh, the Jonas Brothers, SOS, Jackson 5, I'll Be There is number 13. That's a great one. Shiny. Shiny. Sherlock, I don't know that Shiny? one. Shiny. Shiny. You don't know S. Shinola. Uh take that back for good. Boys to Men Motown Philly was number sixteen. In sync, it's gotta be me. One direction story of my life. And a bunch of songs I don't know. Where did uh poison fall in there? From Bell Bib DeVoe. Uh I don't know, dude. To me, that's a top twenty song. Yeah. Uh I don't know, Case. I think this that might have been I don't think that's um I don't think that that's... Um... Were they men, not boys? No, 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 no. Uh, the, 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 the word I'm looking for, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I don't think it's as slick. I don't think that, 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 that's got some dirt to it. That's got, you know what I mean? It's got a kind of sure. edgy. The the boy band songs tend to be very, very... Um, lighter. Yeah, lighter and, and cutesy and, you know... Over, very produced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it, it's like you would never say Creedence Clearwater Revival was a boy band. Right. I looked at your list there, Preston, the the master list, and I had no idea that the Bay City Rollers were a boy band. I yes, guess, they were. I guess they threw that in there. 
I mean, you had the Osmonds are on here as well. They used to call Bay City Rollers the next Beatles, and I would I would actually oh, really? vomit <laughs> in my. I remember just tasting my own puke every time they made that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. They're from Glasgow. Yep. Where is the, the? They were from Liverpool. We're from Glasgow. Mm-hmm. We're the Bay City Rollers. All right, well, there you go. For your listening pleasure, or if you want to gouge your ears out, either way, uh, Rolling Stone, the top boy band. So you forget that Rolling Stone does cover, I mean, they've, they've been known as a rock magazine for so long, but they cover all genres. Yeah. Since the the Rock and Roll Museum contains a lot of this non-rock stuff anyway. Yep. I just have to shout out, like, there's one song on here. It's by this band called Together, which was actually a fake MTV. It was a movie. Oh, and they made a fake band. Do you remember that? I do remember 90s, that. And they were just mocking all right. the, like, LFO. And there was one guy who was sick. And then there was the handsome guy. And there was the buff, like, rap guy. The worst by far was O-Town. O-Town. They, O-Town, they had, they had a series, in fact, with Lou Perlman, <laughs> yeah. where they were putting together. Putting it together, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah they created, they the, created band. the band. On MTV. It was called Making the Band, I yeah. think it was. Yeah. They, they were in this building one time, O-Town was. There was a... Uh, I think it might have been another radio station. It doesn't matter. Anyway, O-Town was walking around the floors, and their handler was looking for them. She lost them. I think, like, half of them went to the bathroom, whatever. So she came into our lobby. This is probably 15, 16 years ago. And she's like, has anyone seen my boys? I'm looking for my boys. Has anyone seen O-Town? And I was like, what the hell are you talking about, lady? She's like, my my boys. Has anyone seen my boys? Wow. Um, no, we haven't seen your boys. Sorry. <laughs> and they didn't do very well, right? They didn't last very long. No, but there was one guy who did okay. But I, it, it, it sort of, that's just at the point they started to get any sort of traction. That's when the whole uh, Lou Perlman empire collapsed in. Yeah. Out, so. Yep. All right, anyhow, hope you enjoyed. We got to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Random uh, text message. Do you guys remember when Nick tried to say apple slices and it came out ipple slosses? No. no. No, but thank you. I'm, I'm glad that that did exist at one point, though. Ipple slosses. Ipple slosses. That's a good one. That's a good one. I need to have that like, as my ringtone or something. Ipple slosses. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll do some digging. See if yes. we can find that. All right, in the meantime, speaking of digging, I want to dig into the junk drawer and toss some stuff out because it is getting a tad bit overcrowded in there. Let's reach in and see what we find. You're really selling it, man. I love that. I feel like I'm actually looking into a drawer that's jammed with stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Theater of the mind. So, penguins apparently crap nitrous oxide. Yeah, tell me gas. something I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Is laughing gas. That's that's uh, that's mm-hmm. wild. Yeah, uh, it sort of happened. So, uh, laughing gas is produced by their poop. Researchers based in Denmark and China were studying the effects of uh, retire of uh, retreating 
Retreating glaciers and the accompanying surge in penguins on greenhouse gas levels in South Georgia Island. It turns out that climate change is kicking off a sort of feedback loop where the influx of penguins leads to more penguin poop and therefore even more greenhouse gases. But it also leads to a hell of a time for the scientists breathing in all that nitrous oxide, uh, which is also known as, as laughing gas. And apparently the deal is, uh, according to author Bo Elberling, who is the study's uh, corresponding author, he said, after nosing about in guano for several hours, one goes completely cuckoo. One, <laughs> one begins to feel ill and get a headache as well. Huh. So, so, so it's it, it, how how similar is it to nitrous you would receive at a, like a dentist's office? I mean, it's the same gas. The same it's, gas. It's exactly the same. So, all from a penguin crap. The penguins. Is that why they're so happy? Poop itself doesn't contain it. Instead, the nitrogen in the poop enters the ground where the soil turns oh. it into nitrous oxide. So it's a combination. All right, there you go. And that ends up happening. Uh, mm. All of this uh, analysis led the researchers to conclude uh, that penguin colonies are hot spots for greenhouse gas emissions, particularly for the potent greenhouse gas nitrous oxide. Would, would the same hold true for other animal dookie? It, I, they, I don't know. Okay. They, they've they've certainly studied uh, penguins, but I'm not sure about other animal dookie. Right. Uh, the possible, it's possible the amount of gas will increase as the penguins move inland. So oh. that's uh, that's the main concern. So, uh, but it's a natural source of, uh, of nitrous oxide. So it's the nitrogen in the poop mixed with the oxygen in the soil. And it's got to be like a perfect mixture of the both, right? Yes. So it's got to be like. To create happy gas. Well, I, I don't know what the, the formula is. I don't know if it's like two parts nitrogen, one part oxygen or whatever. By the way, it's, speaking oh, of, it's N2O. Yeah. So it's yeah. Uh, two parts. Okay. So speaking of, of things like nitrous and, and uh, you know, that uh, like helium has been declining. They're, they're, yes. they're running out of helium. And I guess helium is is mined. It comes out of the earth. So. It, it does. There there are a few there are a few spots that are like helium mines. Mm-hmm. Now you could always use the powdered mix, but it's uh, it's hard not to find. The same. No, yeah. It doesn't yeah. taste the same. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, isn't that wild? So is I'm, I'm curious if nitrous oxide is that way as well. If they if they find you know pockets of these gases right. and they mine them or not? I have no idea. I've never really looked into. No, I think they make it. I think they make nitrous. I, well, I don't know. I'm just. Talking out my ass now. Uh, is, in other words, so this is a naturally occurring nitrous oxide. Yep. It is so. Is is there are there things like pockets of underground nitrous oxide that are that's within the soil, or because there are various gases, like when they mine, right? They, gas is a big concern because if you hit a, you know, can you hit a kill everybody. Yeah. I remember a story, and it was it's uh, produced in a lab, guys. So it is produced in a lab. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so Nick, there, there, there are no besides this story of the uh, of the Pope. penguin crap. You, you can find it in natural places, but like if they're going to use it in a uh, in a dentist's office or whatever, that came they, out they of make lab. it in a lab. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There was a story years ago of of a guy who just happened to be hiking. He was lighting. He was out in the middle of, a, of the forest. I think it might have been in Kentucky. Preston lit a match. Oh and no. Boom! I mean, like an acre, like two acres went wow. up. He was over one of because the, there are gases yeah, that deposits. are being produced in deposits. He had no idea that he was sort of in a basin wow. where this gas had been accumulating. Wow! And you have to be like, what? Yeah, yeah because um, <clears throat> it doesn't have a scent no. naturally. That's no. why they would use canaries right. in, in coal mines, and uh, and because you couldn't smell it, they add that smell to it later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is why when you turn the gas on at home, you smell it because. 
you know they they want you to know it's present, so they add something right. to it. Right. So. Uh, but like helium is going to be gone. I mean, it'll, it'll eventually work its way. I, I don't know. I don't know what the status is. Or, or we'll, is, is, is it possible to, to, we'll start result. falling oh, because no. we no longer have the helium. We won't oh, float no. anymore. Yeah, and then we'll land finally on that that the ba- the universe floor, which we have yet to see. <laughs> Which is probably has a whole bunch of wallets and uh, cell phones. <laughs> I'm sure there are people that believe that. It's like the bottom of an amusement park right. under right. a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just wallets. Well, we're spinning so fast. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, limbs, glasses, artificial limbs. Artificial limbs. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I have a follow-up on the artificial limb that was found in the ocean uh, oh, from oh, the please. Bizarre File last week. I'll get to that in, right. the, in, the, in the Bizarre File, so there is a follow-up to that. All right, so anyhow... Nitrogen in penguin poop causes uh, nitrous oxide. So if you're going to be studying that, keep that in mind. Maybe if you're in college too, maybe uh, you know bring a penguin with you. To, Seriously, you know, right? Let me dig back in here. You know, for theater of the mind. Oh yeah, I love it. Uh, in about a month, students at RIT, which is Rochester Institute of Technology, they worked hard and long enough to uh, recreate a virtual campus. On Minecraft, good enough so they can celebrate commencement on the game. Like they very, very meticulously. I saw pictures of I it, love the this. rendering, and they did it down to every last detail. Looks pretty awesome. So Rodney, who is the you know the savior here of Beasley, does mm-hmm. all the stuff, the engineer, and puts on you know anything we do that that works. It's because Rodney's behind it. His daughter is like is massively into Minecraft, and apparently, I guess a Philadelphia airport was lo- looking for design ideas and called out to the Minecraft community. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, to to uh, to come up with some ideas and she's she's doing stuff like it's, that. Oh, it's funny. a great idea. Yeah, Kathy, the, I mean the the amount of detail that you can create in that game is is pretty impressive if you've got the time and and the creativity. Did you play uh, it at all? Over. No. Have you... I mean, listen, I, I watched my kids yeah. play it. And my daughter was really, really into it for a while, and I had a lot of fun watching the things that she was creating. Right. And she even created, like, our studio and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, her version of it. And this was several years ago. That's cool. Uh, yeah. So a ceremony in the video game Minecraft that will allow them to virtually walk across the graduation stage. Uh, this will be users can participate in uh, the ceremony in game, while any viewers who don't have the game can live stream the event on Twitch, YouTube, and Mixer. I like that. The event is hosted by the school's student group, Electronic Gaming Society, or EGS. It actually ma- worked out quite an interesting way of proceeding with this. <laughs> uh, the manager of the campus Electronic Game Society, Alexa Amariello. Uh, said once we started getting Gordon Fieldhouse ready and the area where the track is, we just started making the stage. Uh, she said, I'm looking forward to all the staff and alumni not involved in the project to see what we've done when people see the progress we've made, uh, that they'll want to help and make events of their own. I really don't understand the appeal of Minecraft. My kids do it. I uh, And, and um, we're, we're looking at uh, what these students have, have created I just don't get it. Do you know what it seems similar to the, the games, the Sims games from a while ago? Yeah, and I was thinking build, that too. You'd build your house. You'd build your. You'd build everything involved. Your your lawn, your garden, or my or brother whatever it was. got into that, and he would show me things. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like, dude, check this out. And like, listen, I, I have been dismissed so many times in my life that I tried to like, you know, give everybody, right. you know, like if they're really interested, like hold it together, hold, right? Hold it together. But I'm like, I'm like, this does absolutely nothing for me. It's 
It's not real. But here's the deal. In this, there are people who live who live within this virtual world, I know. and they love it. So I can see, like through VR and stuff like that, there being an interest in it. Years ago, there, well, there, you know, you know, CAD programs, right, Preston, where you could, you know, you could. What, what, for example, I'm sure when Window Nation shows up or whatever, they're using something that's a simulation of your house mm-hmm. where you can kind of see the design. And I think that's the fascination. Well, that's yeah. that's exactly what yeah. it is. Yeah, okay, so it's it's they know it's not real. Yeah, I know. But I you know. St- you've still created something. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah. it's it's uh, it's an image. It's really cool. You can you can. Yeah, I know. My my kids do it. I mean, I uh, me yeah. personally, it's not my thing either. But yeah. I, when I see stuff that they built, and you know, I'll see my daughter starting something, and then. Come back a few hours later and see what she's created. I'm like, all right, yeah. that's pretty impressive. I never got into there are Lego no snipers. Either, so. I'm not into it. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Do but any of I... your kids play uh, Animal Crossing? No, I don't think so. so. I've heard of it. Uh, the reason that I know about it, Preston, is that last week I, I was surfing Twitter for some reason, and people were talking about trading turnips. The root vegetable, right? And I didn't understand why turnips were all of a sudden trending on Twitter. And the reason is, is that it's a, a hot commodity on Animal Crossing. And it's, a, I guess, when it comes to uh, harvesting at a farm, turnips are really good. And listen, it's foreign to me, but turnips are really important in this world. Wow, well, that's okay. all. Yeah, tr- I, I get it. it. Within this environment, <laughs> that's that's what they like. They're they're turnip yeah. people. Uh, so apparently they've made, uh, in this virtual world for this, uh, graduation, they've made gowns for the players participating. The ceremony itself will look strikingly similar, huh. uh, to a normal commencement. There will be 250 chairs, uh, and Moriello, uh, recommends getting there early to get a front row seat, and then, uh, commencement will feature remarks from her, from, uh, some of the mods of the project, and even words from President Munson's speech. Where do I keep getting flossing from? <laughs> flossing. Munson. Uh, so you could actually, in other words, if you show up late and people are logged on in the game, you could not, you might not get a seat if Maybe. people fill in. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Interesting. Okay. What they need to recreate is that overwhelming heat of the gown and the air conditioner that's not working. And the desire to get and this over with. the desire to get it over with. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're working on simulating that right, too, right. Steve. All right, what else do I have here? Uh, Uber is considering buying Grubhub. Wall Street Journal reported la- Wall Street Journal reported last week that uh, Uber approached Grubhub earlier this year with an all stock takeover offer, and the two companies are continuing to discuss it. If it were to happen, a combined Uber Eats and Grubhub would control fifty five percent of the U.S. food delivery market. Wow! So it's it, a lot of times uh, the best way to beat your competition is to own your competition. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, would they keep them as two separate entities, or would they form them into one? It says that because of that AP cited analyst Tom Forte is saying a merger of Uber Eats and Grubhub would likely get closely uh, scrutinized from regulators. Uh, the rival DoorDash controls about 35% of the market, so I guess they'd make it one, Steve. Probably. With DoorDash, to me, it seems to be more like um, fast foodish, like you go and you, you know, like uh, McDonald's and Taco Bell and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the one that I'll use, I use caviar a fair amount, and that's, that's it, they hit the restaurants that I like, you know. But it, Is that it, why that's a preference for you? Is it because of the restaurants involved, Steve? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They, they're the ones that I, like a lot of the restaurants I was, go, I was going to and had been going to prior to these apps, Nick, are the, I see them on caviar. Yeah. So, how, so, how much do they cost? How much does it cost? It's a thousand dollars a meal. No, really. How much does it cost for them to go get your food for you and then tip on top of it? 
I don't know. And we've tried, we've tried to like, work this out. Do you know, Kathy? I think it's like 10 bucks or something like that. Or one of them is $6. One is 10 Like, I, somewhere around there. It's not expensive. Once you roll over and just say, ah, F it. You know, I, I, I'm going to... I, I, want, I haven't, and I, I want won't. body food. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll just go get it myself. Yeah, I have zero problems with leaving my house and going and getting it. Um, yeah, I'm the same way. And if it's too far away, I, then I just won't go. I like, can't stand going yeah. through that phalanx of paparazzi I, and all that thing. And I'm, I'm not just, at your level, Steve. Though. Steve, <laughs> Steve. I'm like, oh, please, please, please. <laughs> Did you guys ever use the when you were younger the uh, uh, you fly I'll buy uh, routine? Yeah, oh, yes. sure, yeah. Yeah. sure. Yeah, that was always a you. Yeah. You go get it, I'll pay for it. Okay, or vice yeah. versa, you yeah. buy I'll fly. You know, How about you way. go and get it and pay for it? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that is. You, you go get it and pay for it. You fly and, I'll and buy. It. I'll eat it. <laughs> How about that? So it looks like all of them are um, like somewhere between four and eight dollars. Here's one that's between six and eight dollars, but there's also uh, a service fee of up to fifteen percent for DoorDash. And there are also uh, a high um, high user times. For example, you know, the, the, if, you, if you're at six o'clock on a Friday, oh, like kind of like Uber. Uh, uh, it'll yeah, I, I think I think that's the case. At least for some of them, Kathy, where the uh, the rate will go up a little bit. Okay. Okay. So the the company itself makes this money on volume, right? So uh, four to it doesn't sound like that much, but when you have thousands and thousands of people doing it all well, they across make money the country, off the restaurant too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the restaurant has to pay them. All right, so uh, they're looking about uh, Uber's looking at buying uh, Grubhub. So we'll interesting see what ends up happening. Let's go back in, shall we? The drawer of junkness to that junk being slobbed around. Uh, apparently, people are making new friends, even uh, in lockdown. A poll of two thousand Americans from one poll, and Evite finds that the average respondent says that they've made six new friends as a result of attending virtual gatherings oh, Jesus Christ. during quarantine. What? I haven't made... I haven't, made, oh, I haven't either. No. But, but Rochelle, Rochelle is in a nightly group. Yeah. And uh, she has met all kinds of people. In fact, yesterday... We went to we went to a drive by birthday. By the way, it was huge. Right, it was, uh, our buddy Brian Miller from Course Photography. His wife Michelle had her birthday, so they're um, they're well known in the in the Phoenixville community. Worldly his, known good people. His studio is there. Yeah. He's part of the whole uh, uh, you know uh, working community. Yeah, there, all all the shops and everything. So we had it was I th- the fire company the the, the police Whoa! station came out. So there there were. Multiple fire trucks and emergency vehicles, and I don't know how many cars. And we drove by course photography and honked our horns. Oh, that's and, cool! And balloons and all that stuff. Um, but Did you anyway, hire a photographer? anyway, my wife during that yesterday got to meet for the first time a bunch of people that she has been chatting with for weeks and weeks now, and has <laughs> become friends with in this group. That's wild. I forgot the name of it. In fact, Rochelle, if you're listening, text over the name of the um, of the group that you're in. But they it's Ashley Madison. They made shirts. <laughs> Uh, the whole thing. So she's on every night, every and night except the the weekend. She doesn't do uh, uh, Friday and Saturday night. So my wife is doing. She reconnected with some some friends from uh, Long Island that she uh, is on. You know, every Thursday night is that one. Friday night is her family, which is extensive anyway. And she's doing a, a number of these things. I I, I really don't uh, I don't do any of it. I'm I'm coming in. I'm seeing you guys. You know, I'm similar to your wife, Steve. I've reconnected with old friends, people that I've lost contact with over the years, and so Zoom has made that possible. So I have two groups going. There's a bunch of high school friends that get together, and then there's a bunch of college friends get together, and then 
in that group, somebody inevitably will invite somebody else that we just haven't thought about for a little while or, or you know, a friend of a friend or whatever. Huh. And you're like, oh, yeah, I got it. I haven't seen you in, in 15 years. And that to me, that's really cool. Yeah, I've been doing stuff with friends, but I haven't gotten in a group where there are, there are people that I don't know yet. But right. apparently that's happening quite a bit. It says here that, you know, one in six or I mean, I'm sorry, six new friends. So people are learning to play the piano and the hopsichord and the cello and, and learning Latin and, and, and their friend base is increasing. I haven't done a damn thing. I've been using we've been using the house party app, which, you know, is similar to, to FaceTime or, or whatever. It's just an app. There's games in there and stuff like that. And I went on the other day. Uh, intending to, you know, meet up with uh, one group of friends, and I got on, and my other, my friend from another group was in with with this other group, and like I was like, wait a minute, how? so so they became friends all through this app because they saw that each other were on this app, and you can kind of chime in and invite people to it. Has anybody okay. used the the new Google? Well, it's not new, but it's it's now. I think they're coming after Zoom, and they have a similar. Um, no. I downloaded the app for my uh, for my iPad, but it's uh, no. it is a Google um, based version oh, yeah. of Zoom. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've had that for for a while. But, but you it, notice it's part that, of like, they're, yeah, putting, they're putting a big push on it now. Yeah, well, because Zoom is being so they're so overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, that at first they really couldn't hold the capacity, but um, yeah, they're like Google chat rooms. All right. Okay. What's it called? Meet or Duo or something like that? Go, uh, uh, is it Google, Google Meet? Meet? Yeah. Um, maybe that's it. I forget. Yeah. Zoom. By the yeah. way, I do have to admit, actually, I did make one new friend. Um, I was going to uh, text, so it was Saturday in high school. They wanted me to reach out to some celebrity friends to maybe make some videos to congratulate the uh, nice. uh, student body. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I was going to get in touch with Robert mm-hmm. Irvine. Marissa gave me Robert's uh, direct contact information. And so I texted him and asked him for something. Turns out that's not Robert, Ir- Irvine, Robert oh, Irvine's no. number. Oh, my God. Who was it? It's uh, Justin's number. Some dude. I don't, no, it wasn't Justin's. No, some some dude. Completely different. Stop and it. Yeah. And so uh, so we had a nice <laughs> conversation back and forth. Is he oh making a video God. for you? He's that I told him he could if he wanted to. I'm like, Oh, my God, just out of the blue, he just reached out to me. And, um, I think we have something going. I said, send it on over. And eventually he goes. He's no, a drummer. He, he goes, listen, I've been getting messages for Robert for years. Oh, okay. You know, so, so you weren't the first. At well, one I mean, point, yeah. it was his phone number, and I guess he switched it, and this guy got it, and he gets messages. So I'm, that guy... I don't know his name, but we're buds now. We're meeting for virtual <laughs> drinks this Wednesday. Yeah, Dude, yeah. I have a friend who got a phone, and the phone number used to belong to a heroin dealer. Yeah, and oh, he no. used to get, oh, dude, he got calls all the time from people <laughs> looking for heroin. <laughs> friend just started selling heroin. You know, he's well, missing out all these business opportunities. I think my number's one off from, from something similar to that case. Oh, really? Because I get very bizarre calls, and a lot of them will come at like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Hello, jerk shack. <laughs> <laughs> what are the types of uh, conversations you have with these people? I mean, it's it's not much, but they're just calling at odd hours. And like okay. as soon as they hear my voice, they're like, uh, I think I got the wrong number. I'm like, okay. yeah, you Oh, my do. God, I think I got the wrong number. I'm sorry. Stop it. That's not what happens. I was looking for some late night activities. <laughs> Wait. Oh, yeah, hold on one second. Let me get my late night activity yeah. list up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so the data also shows that those in quarantine are also reconnecting with an average of six people that they've lost touch with. There you go, Nick. That's Damn perfectly it. in your wheelhouse. I've got, I've got six people to reconnect with. Uh, within the past, and 70% are reconnecting with people they haven't talked to in over a year. Huh. Also, 70% say that they will remember those who checked in with them while uh, when uh, life returns to normal. So, uh, in fact, let me go to, I'll go to Ashlyn real quick. Hi, Ashlyn. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys today? Good. What's up, Ashlyn? Uh, I just wanted to comment on what you guys were talking about, about uh, reconnecting with old friends and everything. 
Um, I had a best friend from first to eighth grade. And after high school, gradu- uh, not high school, eighth grade graduation, she moved to Washington, D.C., and we lost touch with each other. Um, and very recently, she actually friended me on Facebook, so we got reacquainted with each other. And we actually have plans now for me to go down to D.C. to visit her when all the quarantine stuff is over to reconnect and hang out with each other. Love it. That's great. That's right. Do you think you'll follow through on that? I'm sorry? Are you, do you think you'll follow through on that? Um, definitely. You know, cool. we we were connected at the hip all throughout grade school. We did absolutely everything together. You know, she would come on vacation with me and my family for about two weeks, and I would go with her family on vacation. Um, you know, it was always the two of us were, like, connected. I like this idea. That's cool. My college roommate and I actually, we had a falling out with each other, and we haven't spoken in a couple of years. But uh, we just actually got reconnected with each other also. And she actually lives like 10 minutes away from me now. Um, So one of our local parks just opened up. And, you know, keeping social distance with each other, we met up at the park and just like went on a nice long walk together and caught up. Nice. Well, no hard feelings. I'm a little curious. Why did you guys have a falling out? Yeah, you know, we worked everything out, talked about it, and um, he wants to know. He like, wants to know why why you had a falling out. Did you hook up with her boyfriend? Uh, no, wasn't boy related at all. Actually, okay. I ended up after two years of college. I left. Um, you know, just wasn't feeling that it was for me. Didn't do as well as I hoped I would. And you know, she kind of just stopped up and talking to me for no reason. There you go. Um, okay. It was less dynamic than you not thought. As ju- not yeah, as juicy thought as, as was, I wanted. He was hoping there was a lesbian gunfight involved. <laughs> yeah. Instead of a, a falling out, yeah. it was more just a, Bash, yeah. a fade. We were running a, uh, a lesbian <laughs> massage parlor, and uh, <laughs> the uh, the evening's till came up 100 bucks short, so yeah. I drew down on her. Yeah. Ashlyn, run with that one from yeah. now on, yes. okay? Yeah. All right, definitely. Yeah. All right. Went out to the parking lot. Good luck with everything. And then I shot I totally... the gas tank and it exploded. <laughs> totally into the idea of lesbian gunfights, Steve. That's yes. better. Yeah. Right? We need to explore yeah. this. As opposed to, we just thought, I just thought, we didn't really stay in touch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably the majority of the cases over a lesbian gunfight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, by the way, if you have if you have a lousy story about yeah. something, let us know. Yeah. We'll punch yeah. it up for you a little bit. Yeah. I can <laughs> Steve can definitely yeah. give you some he suggestions. And then just run with that because yeah. it certainly makes things more interesting when you're relaying a story. Well, it's just a lesbian gunfight. We had a, a lesbian massage parlor, and then we had one of those automatic cash counters, and it came a 100 bucks short. We started cursing at each other. Guns came out, and we started shooting and shot one of our patrons in the head. Oof. Lord, you got it all worked out now, And he's fine, too, yeah, because he was dressed as a woman (laughs) because we thought he was a lesbian. But, you know, it's just one of those things. But you guys are friends again Absolutely. Which is wonderful. Yeah, we're we're trading banana bread recipes. I love it. All right. One last thing. Uh, the Calaminthia bee, native to Florida. And, oh, and long, what's with this one? Long, no, no. Long okay. thought lost has made a surprise <sighs> appearance and it has shocked everyone. And what's interesting about it is the bee is blue. Oh, that I thought you were going to say that, that that beats the piss out of murder hornets. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is nothing bad. Okay. Uh, but yes, it has a hobbit. You mean just sad? It, has, it doesn't oh. have a hobbit. It has a habit of bobbing its head. <laughs> Back and forth when it's pollinating, and it was discovered by researchers in the Lake Wells region in central Florida. 
this rare specimen is not only a wonder to look at, but also has so much unexplored research potential. Mm. Uh, Florida's long-lost blue bee was so rare, in fact, that scientists weren't sure that it still existed. I'm just a bee. Da, 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 a uh, sad blue bee. Uh, no recorded specimens had been observed in recent decades. Wow, that the, long. And the plant, which the bee depends on for survival, the Calaminthia ashy, is also endangered in Florida. Uh, but, uh, oh, shit. I'm just a bee. A blues, blue bee. Nathan, don't do nothing for me. I like it. It bobs its head up and down while it's, yeah. it's getting its... Yeah, it's a blue... You know, it's kind of feeling yeah. the groove. I'm just a bee. Just a freaking blue bee. I'm the crazy as bee you don't ever see. I'm not sure where to jump in here. Uh, Dr. Chase Kimmel uh, went out to look for bees. Uh, while, while setting traps, they saw the unmistakable movement of a bee bobbing its head. What? You you can see that just guess, out of the blue? If you're looking look closer. Look over there, Lou. That bee's bobbing its head. Uh, they do this to transfer the pollen from its head down to its stomach, hence the bobbing motion. And oh, okay. After catching and examining the special, it indeed was the ultra rare, rare Calaminthia bee. Do you bob your head when you're um, pollinating? When I'm pollinating, uh, let me. If we're talking about sex being pollinating, I don't think I bob my head during that. No, <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, uh, so far, this blue bee has only been. Recorded uh, in four locations, totaling just 16 square miles within Central Florida's Lake Wales Ridge. Well, I'm just refreshed by the fact that we've had a uh, uh, an insect introduced into our knowledge now that isn't yeah. deadly. And and not invasive. And not invasive or well. horrific. Yep, so... So he was just out walking around and... la di da di da di da Oh, bees! I stumbled across him, yep. So... You may be seeing more blue bees. Thanks, in, everyone, for coming today. In Florida, by the way, so. Just a bee. <laughs> Smoking a cigarette, got sunglasses on, shades. Join back on a lucky strike. Oh, you find people here tonight. Uh, so if you see a blue. Ah, just a bee. Blue bee, it's a thing. All right. Uh, we should take a break and come back in a second. I have some bizarre file stories. I do have an invasive species story, oh. and I have a follow up story, and some other things that uh, we'll get to in a moment or so. So stay close. That is coming up next. We'll be right back. Podcasts? Oh, yeah. MMR's got them. There's the fun size and bizarre file editions, along with Preston and Steve full show podcasts, plus the MM Archives podcast and more. Click podcasts on WMMR.com. You mentioned in news earlier this morning, Kathy, that uh, the governor is going to sign on for uh, people to be able to get cocktails to go from bars and restaurants in Pennsylvania. Yeah, so Governor Wolf uh, said he is going to sign that bill, and then uh, Governor Murphy in New Jersey uh, had signed it. Okay. All right. So uh, any idea when when that's going to happen for Pennsylvania? Like, we'll be able to do it this weekend, maybe? Oh. 
I don't know. Uh-huh. So. Hold on, let me see if I can find it. I mean, it would make sense Memorial Day weekend, right? Yeah, People are looking yeah. To that's take what some I'm thinking. So here's a question for you. And uh, Casey, we, we were talking off air because uh, I was curious as to where are you going to go? What are you going to get? What have you been missing out on? What What is that one drink that, that you absolutely have missed over the past couple of months? And then Casey pointed out there are some bars and restaurants that have a drink that is exclusive unto themselves. Yeah. That you can't get anywhere else. Well, those are likely the ones that are being craved. Yeah, right? I think so. I was at... The ones that I want to get are, uh, and feel free to call and let us know, 215-263-WMMR. Um, lo- a, a bar and restaurant in my area, I've mentioned it before, Butcher and Barkeep. They have the best old-fashioned I've ever tasted. And here's the thing about when the drinks are made just perfect in the way you like it. Even when you ask the bartender and they tell you how you do it. Right, you can't do it. You can't do you it. You can't yeah. do it. I've tried to do it. I can't do it. You know it. what the extra ingredient so, is? What? Love. Love. <laughs> no, but they they showed me uh, how how they do. It. Cody's uh, the owner of the restaurant, and, and he he actually showed me they actually they infuse vanilla beans in the whiskey that they use and okay. the bourbon that they use. For We're it. not going to do that at so home. I, I, well, I tried. Try. I bought vanilla beans it and stuck work. them in the bottle and let them sit there for a week this or stinks. so. This is stink. <laughs> I did, it did not. It did not turn out the way that I wanted to. Try to make it old fashioned. You things in that. And I used uh, I, I used the the proper bitters and everything you needed. Still didn't turn out as good as it does at Butcher and Barkeep. So yeah. I'm going to get one of those. And then there's another restaurant in our area. Uh, it's a sushi restaurant uh, called Osaka. And I wish I knew the name of it, but I always order this drink. It's a whiskey drink. With some honey and and lemon, and the bartender told me how to make it. I went home. I stinks. Huh. It stinks. <laughs> I couldn't. I could not. It's re- very frustrating. I could not replicate it to save my life, and it is so yummy. All right, so here's my where my mouth I- is slightly watering right now thinking about it. As we were talking earlier, uh, and Kathy, you'd mentioned this: uh, the, the restaurants that have been hurting, and, and the, the the bars. They can they can make some profit on this because obviously it's something that they can sell that they make specifically that people want and there's a little bit more of a profit margin, correct? Yeah. So and and just a, a little bit more about it. So we did talk about the 64 fluid ounces that they're allowed to sell, but you are not permitted, obviously, to drink it on premises or while in while you're in your car. Um, and you can't bars- drink all 64 ounces, <laughs> but right. But none of you can't drink any of it. Obviously, we're driving that's illegal. Right, yeah. or, but I think mainly they're saying like you can't stay on premises and drink it. You, ha- you right. have it's takeout. You have to take it and leave, um, and then that they can't sell anything past eleven p.m. Okay, okay. Hey, um, I almost called you Kathy Preston. Um, so <laughs> these drinks that you're you're talking about, are you coming even close? Like, what is it? What is kind it? Of. Is it more of a mental thing than than it anything might be else? Part of it too, when you're in the environment, yeah. and, and and you get, you know, I don't know, your surroundings can influence your taste a little bit, so that might be part of it That's, too. That that is, I think, though, if you have, I I know that there, you sometimes, you know, so you can have your, let's take for example, since I don't drink the Cheddar Bay biscuits that are that are made. They're they're really good and they're close. They're really close. Yeah, but right. they're never exactly. They're never the same. exactly the yeah. same. Even if you get it from the box, uh, you know, it stinks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it stinks. Kath, you and Nick, you you guys have had the Tully nut, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so that was like kind of what I was is thinking. Is that when you haven't had sex in a long while? Is, yeah. Oh my God. Oh, I, I got a bunch of Tully nuts. <laughs> Jesus. I, I mean, I, no, I, that's not what oh, I get. Oh, okay. But. No, there, there's a yeah. place right it's around. Different it. for girls. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, much different. It's the it's the tunt. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, there's a bar right around the corner from Keenan uh, that has a drink called the Tully Nut, and it is a it's a highly alcoholic drink. Is it like a Long Island yeah, iced tea? It yeah, like but it, Steve, it's just it is, like a bunch of alcohol thrown together. I don't think it's like the the nicely made handcrafted drinks that Preston was talking about. No, it is not. It is not. But it's oh, so it concentrated. It, no, it tastes great. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the other part of it. Is it's, that it's like, a, is it meant to get you wrecked? Yeah, Steve, oh, right. what, what I'm trying to say here is that they load the cup up with ice so that, I mean, you're paying $5 for it, but you're basically only getting, like, I don't even know, like four ounces of uh, of actual liquid because uh, it is. I mean, listen, ma- yes, you are right. They do load it up with ice, and ice ice cold drink is good, but I don't think you need any more than whatever ounces they're giving. We're, exactly. We're looking exactly. at a picture <laughs> of the Tully Nut. I assume this is it, Casey? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But, it, you know, it looks like a bigger drink than it actually is. All right. Okay. And if, if you were to have a Tully Nut outside, of that place, Casey, it just it wouldn't be as good. You know, there's something about it being right. in that corner bar, and uh, well, you don't even know what's in it. I mean, it's it's a secret recipe, is it not? Uh, yeah, and and really, I don't care what's in it. I, you know, <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm going to that and, and getting a Tully Nut, that's all I want to do. Am is I going to wake up on a gurney? Then yeah, am I going to wake up on the beach with some seaweed? In the case of you were telling me about another drink called the Mother. Yeah, so I used to go to a bar called the Frontier Saloon um, back when I was a, a waiter. So when I got done waiting tables, I would go to the Frontier, and the bartender there used to work at a bar in Margate where they invented a drink called a Mother. Essentially, Mother is exactly what a Long Island iced tea is, Steve. So you All were right. talking about that earlier, which is just a whole bunch of different types of alcohol, maybe some sour mix or whatever, but it wasn't a Long Island iced tea. It was its a, its own drink unto itself, and it had only existed in Margate for years and years and years, and I had never heard of it anywhere else, and she, I guess, got the quote-unquote secret recipe okay. and, and started serving it at uh, Frontier Saloon. All right, Marissa? I have one that I've been dying to have, and I've actually tried to make it at home, and I can't. It's uh, at this, uh, I, I want to call it a restaurant, but it's like a social club. It's called Polizzi Social Club. And I'm looking at your faces because you guys are going to laugh me. You need like a card, and you knock on the door, and it's in the middle of South Philly, and they only like it's let like you It's like an in. Italian social club. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but they make an Aperol spritz that is the best Aperol spritz I've ever had in my life. I've never even heard of an Aperol <laughs> spritz, much less the best Aperol spritz. It, it, the hell is it? So Aperol is this uh, red liqueur that you add to, like, champagne or vodka. Um, an Aperol spritz is champagne, Aperol, and a little bit of seltzer. Okay. But what I found out that Polizzi does is they use grapefruit. Baby's blood. <laughs> you know. I have to tell you now. No, it's grapefruit bitters. All right. And then they put basil in it. So quick question. Okay. Uh, All do, right. do we know if these will be um, sold curbside? Uh, and uh, are you going to avail yourself? I assume they will be. They have been doing takeout. All right. And I think, um, I hope that they will be because they are so damn good. Okay. It's, you right. know what I love about? That's, that's what we're talking about. I don't know. A champagne drink isn't going to, uh, I don't think that's going to travel well. Well, do you, can't you just drink it right there on the way home? No, I just said that. <laughs> You're walking? Oh, okay. Because she could be walking yeah. and drinking. No, Kathy, you, you think can't. The, you think the carbonation will kind of fizzle out by the time uh, you get home? Yeah, usually mm. those like those drinks are good, like poured right in the glass, drink there, you know, right now. Even if you, like when places make pictures of them, it, you know, it kind of fizzles out. You know what might help though, Kathy? Take a bump of uh, Coke Stop before. It. No, that's help. not going to help at all. Well, and Kathy, because like the reason this drink is so great is because it's aromatic. So, like, as you're sipping it, you get the basil right there in your nose. Oh, my God. It's tickling my nose. Yeah. <laughs> Nick? Uh, what do you guys feel about um, Bloody Marys? 
And how many can you have? When Nick, you have it's one? literally the last thing, last alcoholic drink I ever drank in my entire life. So for you, there's actually some uh, mental significance attached to it, of course. Yeah, I hate that. That's my last drink I ever drank in my life. <laughs> um, you wish it was something better. Yeah, <laughs> Bloody Marys. Bloody Marys are like tuna melts for me because you got to get it. Right. Okay. They, they can be really bad. They so, can. And, and, uh, and some and people some people like to load it up with so much spice and hot sauce that it just destroys it. Yeah. And I can't stand that. I'd rather have one that's kind of in the middle of the road as far as the spiciness goes. But I love, love, love a good Bloody so Mary. So, Nick, if, if you were going to get a, a your perfect Bloody Mary, where would you go? Well, sometimes Preston's right. Sometimes they'll try to cram an entire vegetable garden into right. a Bloody Mary, too. They'll, they'll add every accoutrement that there is. Uh, but there's a place called the Starboard. It's in uh, Dewey Beach. And, oh, yeah. And uh, they're known for their for the Bloody Marys. And Steve, they have It's like a Bloody Mary ridiculous. bar, right? Well, I'm sorry? It's a, like a Bloody Mary bar. It's a Bloody Mary bar, and it's a beach bar. So you go, if you're going to go to Dewey, you should go to the Starboard. And Steve, you would actually like it just because of the vibe there. Like it's just it's a really it's kind of like a Keenan's vibe, and um, and they're known for their Bloody Marys. You don't want the one that's over the top. You don't want the one that's ridiculously spicy. I'm, I'm more of a basic Bloody Mary kind of a guy. Right, right. But if I were to go get a Bloody Mary tomorrow, and I could go to Dewey to get it, I would go to the Starboard. Okay, okay. Well, that's that an endorsement. I walked by that place, and I, I think it was a Sunday morning, and I was on my way to breakfast, and it was packed. And they yeah. had, like, a do-it-yourself uh, Bloody Mary bar. I, guess, I don't know if that's, like, a Sunday thing or whatever, but people were uh, – they would go get their alcohol in the cup with ice and then come over and kind of put the fixings in themselves. But, I mean, when I tell you, jam- like, Keenan's jam-packed on just a random Sunday in the summer. Wow. Okay. All right. Let me uh, let me go to some calls here. People want to chime in with the drink they're going to get. Uh, I'm going to go to Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hey, Caitlin. All right. So, what you going to get? Uh, so there's a place in Fishtown called Interstate Draft House. Okay. And they have uh, what they call a Fishtown Tea. Fishtown Tea. All right. Do tell. And it's in you know like the old school Arctic Splash like um, iced tea with lemon boxes. Like, you used to get in, like, middle school. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they fill that container up with, like, a pint of liquor and a little bit of that iced tea. You <laughs> <laughs> die for. You can so, do, you're looking forward to oh, that, look huh? look at this. Oh, yeah, oh, we're looking. That's cute. All right, but but it's, uh, it's tasty, or is it just uh, knock you on your ass drink? So I hate, like, Long Island, like, despise them, but I drank on my birthday four of them, and have managed to pass out on a road and still make it home. So, oh, okay. How you weren't dead? Th- those four of them? Oh, yeah. It, they are so strong. <laughs> I know! Wow. Yeah. All right, yeah. thanks, Caitlin. Uh, yeah, I like, uh, I, I've gotten to where, I'm, I'm so glad that cro- craft cocktails the past few years have, have had their moment in the sun mm-hmm. because... It it used to be kind of shunned upon if you got these overly mixed concoctions. It was, you know, it was considered kind of frou-frou and not true right, to the right, liquor right. and all that. But now I love them. Anytime I go to a restaurant and we're going to have dinner and, and booze is, is the order of the evening or part of it. You check the cocktail menu? I will take a, a, a nice long peruse of the mm-hmm. cocktail menu because there's so many good ones out there. Uh, I will go next to Mo. Hey, Mo. Hey, how we doing? Casey, Good. I'm from Havertown. Yeah. Right? So, you know where the crossbar is? The what? The crossbar? No. The crossbar. No, where's that? Uh, it's right on Darby Road. Uh, see, I'm not really a Darbarian. Uh... Well, I'm not a Havertownian either, but <laughs> I, I moved here. I bought a six-bedroom house. Anyways, so 
They make a Bloody Mary. Remember elementary school. No, go ahead. What? They put olives in it, and they put celery in it, and they they put pepper in it. And I'll tell you what. I I drank uh, four of them one night, and I fell on the way home and skidded both of my knees. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, you didn't fall right unless you skin your forehead. You know, you haven't, <laughs> well, no, you haven't I, really I, no, I, fallen. I, no, I did skin my forehead, yes! too. No, fortunately, the baby buffered him. Yeah. But, no. no, you called about a mother in, in Margate, and now you're talking oh, about yeah, Bloody yeah. Marys. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, no, uh, Margate, uh, like, we, we rented a house. It was called the Tilton Hilton. How many bedrooms? It was, it was uh, there was a... Uh, <laughs> Stop. It's okay. Three, you know, there were three bedrooms, right? Okay. But you had to go through the front door and walk through the bedrooms to get to the back kitchen. See, I usually crazy. walk through the window. Okay, but- shut okay. up. <laughs> Mo, back to the point, please. So, all right, so we, we, I, like, I hung out with 10 guys, and we all bought these T-shirts, and they were like, uh, they were actually ahead of their time. They were T-shirts? Like made out of the under, underarm material. And oh, wow. they were black and they had white sleeves, and it said, Get Mothers at Moylands, right? And we went to this place called Dunes Till Dawn, all 10 of us, and we all had our T-shirts on, right? And some guy comes up to me and goes, uh, Yo, uh, you guys are a softball team or something? I said, No, man, we didn't know softball team. Get the hell out of here. We're a gay club. So, this bar, Dunes Till Dawn, had seven uh, stages in it, man. Oh, wow. And, you, know, you know what my first concert was? Mike, <laughs> we don't care. No, yes, I yeah. do. I want to know. It was Queen down at the Erlanger Cafe. I was 16 years old, man. I'm a rocking mother humper. Yeah, and, uh, I love it. So, I love this guy. So, I saw Queen before I knew uh, Freddie Murphy was a... Uh, Freddie Murphy? Freddie <laughs> Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Freddie Mercury. I said Freddie. Freddie Mercury. Uh, uh, Freddie Mercury. Whatever. Yeah. I saw I saw the Who at the Spectrum in nineteen seventy four. The last time Keith Moon played in Philadelphia. Wow. So your 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 cocktail creds uh, is solid. Yeah. How's your mom doing? Uh, my mom's passed away. Yeah, oh, thanks yeah. for bringing it up, Preston. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Nice job, Preston. No, that's all right. Yo, I, I, I understand it. Because is Joey all right? Yeah, she had type one diabetes. I got type two. But, oh, you know, okay. I work out. Nice. I was at, I was at Union Sprinkler <laughs> Fitter in the city of Philadelphia, local okay. six ninety two. Boom. I, oh. I I worked in every high rise in the city of Philadelphia. I actually worked in your studios. No I kidding. Bon Wait. Jovio. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Recording studio. Oh, okay. Bon Jovi. Okay. We drove up in a Porsche nine eleven. Uh, it was uh, red, right? And I, I shook his hand. He goes, "Hey, Mo, you want to come in and sing with me?" I said, nah, i got to work. i got to raise my family. I got yeah. you, Mo. Uh, Mo? Well, you're a good man, Mo. I, I, I'm curious if you remember why you originally called in. Mo? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, I'll tell you what. Uh, my dad's nickname was Mo, right? And <laughs> no, no, no. First... No, let him go. He, he asked what was the original uh, reason why you called. No, my no, no. M-O-E. Oh, oh, oh. I'm not a homo. Oh. Yeah. No, Yo, Mo. I'm totally straight. Anyway. Well, that's wonderful, Mo. We're all so excited <laughs> yeah. to hear that. Um, yeah, exactly. But do I'm not do a you mom. remember why you called us in the first place this morning? Yeah, about the uh, about the uh, drinks. 
yeah. mothers at Moreland. Yeah, right. you're going to tell us about that? Okay, so there's <laughs> this house at, uh, in the main street in Margate, right? And it was yeah. called the Dilton Hilton, right? And the thing actually leaned to the left. <laughs> the whole building, right? So there was ten of us, and we were a bunch of... Uh, you guys weren't uh, having to wear black shirts with white sleeves on, were you? Yes, we were. Oh, my God! <laughs> wait, what is happening? Wait, we heard about these guys. They thought, yeah. wait, we used to think you were a softball team. No, no. So my mother, I used to come home on the weekend, or after the weekend, and my mother would say, oh, I see you got another neon can. God rest her soul. <laughs> yeah, well, because we didn't, we never went to the beach. <laughs> we always were in the bar. Hey, Mo, what do you do What do you do you for a living? I'm retired now. Oh, I'm you do? Okay. What, you're what? A sprinkler fair. That's right. You were in a union, right? Yes. I, I actually got a pension from 420, the steam fitters of Philadelphia, and... Local 74, the uh, steam fitters out of Delaware, and I got one from local 692, and I just sit around and get checks all day, and I drive a 57 Nomad. Who's yelling in the background there? That's my wife. What's she saying to you? She's saying, like, be quiet, dude. You don't <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I'd love to talk to people, right? And I'd be right. on the phone. I'll talk to people all day long. I'm so shocked anyway. at that. Hey, Mo, thanks for the call, yeah. man. Yo, Preston. Yeah, uh, I've seen you at the camp out for hunger every year. Oh, every year. Thank you. Nice. Nice. Every year. Yo, for the last seventeen years. Wow. Yep. And uh, I ride my Harley down there. Well, thanks, man. We appreciate it. You know what? I can't, I hear a little bit of Jackie Bam Bam in his voice. You I guys hear that? Bit, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Do you know Jackie Bam Bam? Yes, I know Jackie Bam Bam. Yo, I listen to you guys all day long, man. Awesome. Uh, if I if I don't listen to you, I put on. Uh, uh, it's uh, okay, Mo. You don't need you know, It's okay. All right. Thanks, no, bud. No, I put it in Pandora. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you hey, had to get it in. Hey, Mo. Yo, I haven't missed a Rolling Stone. Hey, Mo. <laughs> There's nothing I can do here. No. Uh, Mo, we, we, we have to leave. Go. I know. Okay. Yo, listen. Play a... Uh, here, I'll tell you what. All right. Play, what? A, play a Rolling Stone song. Okay, Mo. Thanks a bunch. Tell me your favorite Rolling Stone song. I'm not going to do right, that. Bye. Love you. Bye-bye, Mo. Mo, I'm going to play my favorite Rolling Stone song next for you. Oh, my God. It's impossible to get off the phone with him. Dude, I love him. And his him. wife's yelling at him in the background. All right, but, oh, he just hung up. Oh, God. There you go. He did it. Oh, I did not did hang himself. up on him. He Perfect. finally let it go. Dear Lord. And then we never found out about the drink either. Never. Not never. one thing. What was he going to talk about? He, he, he wanted to it. confirm that he did drink a, a, a drink called a mother that originated in Margate. Okay. But he had to tell us about his T-shirts and... And uh, being a steam fitter and... The Tilton uh, Hilton. Uh, the Tilton Hilton, which actually leaned to the left. Yeah, those who bit. didn't know that a little bit. All oh right, God, back on great. track. I'm going to a farmer, a former bartender, not a farmer. <laughs> uh, Whitney. Hi, Whitney. Good morning. Hi. Hi, Whitney. How you doing? You guys rock. Right. Thank you. We appreciate it. All right, so you wanted to share why... We might get cocktails that taste very specific to certain places. Yeah, so the the difference is uh, the reason why you can't get it to, to taste the same at home, no matter what you try um, following exactly the bartender's recommendations, it's very simple. You don't have the same tools that they have. Um, from the mixers, like the cups, the mixer cups, to the pour spouts that they use on their bottles, even down to the ice, the difference in the ice cubes that they use at a restaurant the way that they melt into the drinks when they shake them completely changes the the taste of the drink. I believe um, it. 
And so that's why it's so important. That's also why when you go to a, a place that makes those specialty drinks, they'll actually change up to like the huge cubes for a whiskey drink. Yep. And then you I didn't realize that. that. But that makes sense, right? Yep. For how quickly the drink will become diluted. Yeah. So ah, it's very okay. important. Huh. Well, yeah, so I, so I have those large ice molds at home, Whitney's, for, for when I want to drink, uh, you know, bourbon, a really nice bourbon, so that it doesn't overly dilute it, but still keeps it cold and adds a little bit of water to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those are great for, for like, bourbon or whiskey or, or scotch, if you're scotch and the rocks kind of guy, because um, it, it won't dilute it too much, but it really depends on every drink, every mixed drink, Um it from from drink to drink, uh, what kind of a, a you know ratio the drink itself was going for, yeah. and if you're trying to duplicate the flavor that comes out of a specific restaurant's drink, it's it's their ice really. It only comes down to it. Do you have a uh, do you have a favorite uh, cocktail that you used to whip up? Uh, my specialty was always Long Island, and I used to play with the flavors too. So if somebody didn't want to play in Long Island, I always. Would uh, switch up the flavors for them a little bit too, um, especially with the season. Could do a watermelon, a peach, a blue raspberry, whatever flavors they're right. for. Best cocktail you've ever. If you were going to now with this uh, with this new um, uh, rule Im- implemented, where would you go for your favorite cocktail? Uh, oh, see, I'm a I'm a local girl. I like to just sit at a bar with uh, with the locals, with the people that I know to chat. Right. Um, but you so, can't do that now. So yeah, is, is there, yeah, is there one cocktail that you place above any of the others, and a particular establishment that serves it? Um, I just have to, you know, I'd have to support the places that have always supported me. So All I'd right. probably head out to Old State Media and, and just have oh, them wow. whip me up something to head on out. <laughs> All right. All right. So nothing, yep, really. nothing really. All right. Thank you, Whitney. Appreciate it. Steve, is there a um, a non-alcoholic that you like more than any other? Like a, a, I like, like all a, the alcoholics. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like a, do you like a strawberry daiquiri or pina colada or? Uh, I do like uh, I do like a, um, uh, a strawberry daiquiris. I do like the daiquiris. Uh, I, I've had a virgin daiquiri that I think, uh, or a banana daiquiri. Virgin? Mm. Yeah. I know, but they're like a thousand calories, aren't they? Uh, I mean, it's like, mil- it's, it's like drinking a milkshake. But they're good. Yeah, they are. Uh, the virgin versions of most of these things are pretty good. What about you, Casey? As a former <clears throat> drinker, as a former as, as now who is someone who's sober, do you order mocktails? Do I don't. You? Yeah. No, and uh, so I don't. I don't drink non-alcoholic beer. I don't do mocktails. I don't ever want to. Uh, sort I, mean, of, I don't want to put myself in in a position where I mourn right. the loss right. of, I gotcha. of alcohol. So. Because I mean, mocktails have nothing to do with booze. I mean, they just. They're just flavored drinks. No, like but, Slurpee. I mean, listen, <clears throat> I, I, I don't ever allow myself to have a second thought about alcohol. You can't okay. really control the first thought, right? You know, the thing pops into your head. So, like, but sometimes, I mean, if I were to say if I missed something, like, I, I miss a margarita sometimes. And then, but I don't ever let it get past that first thought because then so, then I might start to obsess and I don't want to do that. Right. So you wouldn't have a, uh, a margarita minus a tequila? No. Okay. No, I wouldn't. Okay. I got gotcha. you, but yeah. I'll have a lemonade. Man, yes. margaritas, uh, margaritas—that's your—that's your go-to for f- lately. It yeah. has been um, when I go to a restaurant. I usually, to I will sometimes order margaritas. I like mine very, very sweet. Some of them can come out a, a tad bit too um, uh, acidic and citrusy, and and uh, 
So sometimes I won't order those. I'll get one. It's so disappointing when you get your mouth ready and you order a drink and you sip on it and you go, oh, man, this is not what I wanted. It stinks. I hate it. It stinks. Coyote Crossing in in Conchahawk and Preston, they got great uh, margaritas. I've had them. Is Copa Banana still there by any chance? What is it? Copa Banana on South Street? I believe so. Those were. I was down there. Yeah, they would serve those in in martini shakers. Yeah, they would give you the entire shaker. Yep. Those are damn good. You just made a mess in my mouth. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm still a little confused about the, the change in the law because I drove past a place called Christopher's in Wayne on uh, maybe on Monday night or Tuesday night and um, it uh, they were advertising out front that they were selling margaritas so I, this it's I know you explain it Kath. it's probably the mix you just the, to, you, but it was like sixty bucks for like a bunch of different mixed drinks. That, that doesn't the, sound like just the mix. Yeah, I, I, and and so it was like a cocktail menu that they had out front. So maybe they were doing it illegally, or maybe. Yeah, I mean, look, all I think a lot of businesses have been operating illegally. It's just whether or not they get shut back down or cited or fined. So they they could have been. Who knows? Well, now all bets are off, right? Uh, well, not yet. And I, and I searched this whole time to try to find a date. It just says that he plans on signing the bill. It get it done. When. Get it done. Come on. Uh, let me go to Duncan. Hey, Duncan, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Good, man. All right, so what do you want to order if you can? All right, so there's a bar up here on Germantown Ave uh, in Mount Airy called McMinimins. Um, and the drink I get is a James Brown shot, or you can have it as a mixed drink, too. So it's Patron Espresso with um, Jameson whiskey and a splash of Bailey's. Ooh, okay. It makes, makes you feel good. <laughs> it makes you feel just like James Brown. All right, exactly. it was a Patron Espresso? <clears throat> yep. Huh. Never heard well, of that. Coffee flavored Espresso. Okay. Yeah. Your interest is peaked. Interesting. Yeah. Now, another one, real quick, on a side note, is the Hilltown over in Maniunk. Um, we've been pouring since that peanut butter whiskey came out. We were like, what, what can we do with this? So we actually, my friend told me to do it with um, cranberry juice. Okay. So if you do, like, a shot of peanut butter whiskey, a shot of whis- a regular whiskey to spice it a little bit, and then the rest cranberry juice is like a peanut butter and jelly drink. All right. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Duncan. Appreciate yeah. it. Have you ever just blindly gone into like the uh, Tom Collins or the, uh, the the mixology? Is that the Tom Collins mixology guy? Is that the uh, my dad standard? Used to, my dad used to be a bartender and he had a book back at his right. at, at our house growing up. And I would go through that. And, well, yeah, uh, whatever that standard is, there, yeah. there's all sorts of bizarre recipes. And mm-hmm. they, Preston, yeah. what do they ring the bell for at um, the Tiki Bar? Uh, Hurricanes. Hurricanes, yeah, yep. they, they sell those at uh, Pat O'Brien's, and but they're different in Pat O'Brien's in uh, in New Orleans. Yeah, um, I, that's a rum drink. I don't know much about uh, about Hurricanes, but they're yummy. They're they're are really that. good for you. They won't impair you at all. No, not at all. <laughs> not in the slightest bit. Uh, let me go to Lou. Who? Hey, Lou. <laughs> yes, and there it is, Lou. What's up, bud? What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. Hey, listen. I was. I just bought a house down on on Eighth in uh, New Jersey. Been looking forward to seeing you guys down in Canaan's this year. <laughs> and uh, the, the Orange Crush at Flip Flops. If you go to Flip Flop right across the street, the Orange Crush is orange. Orange uh, from Stoli. Oh yeah, Stoli Orange. Yep. Right. Yep. Simple sec. Um. You put uh, some club soda and a, and a, a, a shot of Sprite, and they got these Valencia fresh oranges in, in a machine that crushes it. Ooh. Uh, amazing. They are just to it, die for. Lou, is that your uh, drink of, of choice? It, would, would you take a trip? Oh, to, yeah. Would you take a trip to go get those? 
I'm jumped for sure. Well, I'm going down this weekend because I just bought the house, so we're going to be painting and stuff. Like all right. That. All right. All right. Yeah, maybe even Mo can Don't paint out. while you're drunk. Yeah, this whole crush thing has started since I stopped drinking. You have orange crush. I think there's like a purple crush and everything. Hey, Lou, are you going to be down there on Friday morning or are you going down uh, after work on Friday? No, I'm going down tomorrow night. Uh, no, uh, Thursday night I'll be down there. Yeah, yeah. that's tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, that is. All right. Yep, yep, yeah. Tomorrow night. All right. All right. Have a good time, man. Tonight. Enjoy. Have an orange crush, man. All right. Hey, shout out to the East Ocean guys. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Another shore drinker, the 302s at uh, Braca's Cafe, or what's that? Henry's outside. Okay. Uh, in, in Sea Isle. What's a 302? Uh, it is two shots of 152, or I don't know, what is the... 151? Um, 151. Yeah. <laughs> It's two shots at 911. It's, it's, so it's two shots of that and what else? Yeah, I, you know what? I'm not really sure. They have they have different flavors, but, you know, like one of those slushy drinks that you can suck okay. down, but you got to be careful. Okay, nice. Uh, Benny's been on hold for a while with a uh, an old-fashioned recipe for me. Do I have time to go to him or do we need to wrap it up? We do. Well, hang on. Let me Benny, see. Benny, you can email me, please. Preston at WMMR.com. I appreciate you being on hold. We're going to take a break and be back in a second. Some bizarre file stories are coming up when we return. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Can you believe football is back? This Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Interact Me, swoop in and win sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2022 Eagle season tickets. All you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwin.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles and MMR's Preston and Steve show. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I have no idea how our next guest has time to do it between everything he does, TV shows, podcasts, and voiceovers. But he managed to find a little bit of time to squeeze in for us. How the hell does that happen? No, I will always find time to squeeze in for you guys. (laughs) That is Chris Hartman. You're the nicest. You guys are so nice. Thank you, sir. I love doing I love doing your show. I really do. Thank you. And you were listening to our show earlier. I we was. Just, we were talking because we had Michael Giacchino, famed uh, composer. Who's a genius, by the way. Michael yeah. Giacchino is one of my favorite. I mean, not only is he like the greatest composer in entertainment right now, but he also, and someday I want to meet him because I want to ask him, he's composed the most amazing things, but I think my favorite thing he ever did was the theme from Lost. Yes. Oh, because yeah. he must have made a ton of money just to push one key on a keyboard and go... <laughs> 
Like that's it. I'm like, how did this guy do that? That, that show was live scored every week. So they would they would shoot the episode and yeah. then send him the episode, and he would live score, live compose it every week. It was a Herculean task, and uh, it was in, incredibly gorgeous music, stunning. Yeah. So listen, Chris, I want to tell you. Speaking of that, of yeah. Lost and what you've done with The Walking Dead and the other shows that you fanboyed out on and created entertainment outside of these shows in, in discussion and panels and all that. We did the same thing with Lost. We did. Way back when. It was a different time when you could talk about a show immediately after it aired. Oh, and people would be like, spoilers! <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> totally. Yeah, pre-spoiler, so exactly. I, I actually say that our discussions, our weekly discussions the day after Lost would air probably doubled our listening audience. Oh, I yeah. can imagine because people need to process that stuff, but it's just it's funny where it's funny that spoilers now. Like if you told someone, "Yeah, you know, I uh I I was selling drugs to high school kids. I'd be like, "Oh, you shouldn't do that." And they go, "Here's what happened on Breaking Bad last night. You <laughs> son of a like, <laughs> I will murder you." You know, like it it's like the level of rage. Oh, you're right. So Bad spoiling. Yeah, to that point, Chris, right. I think you you are a, a singular expert on this. And we've discussed this many times and it it's sort of a shame because we used to really delight in in that communal thing of of talking about Lost and the progression. What constitutes a proper amount of time after a show of import or impact is aired before you can start discussing it in public openly? I, you know, it it really is just because there's always going to be someone who's going to cry. Yes. Spoiler. Like we talked about The Godfather on the podcast once and someone was like, <laughs> I haven't seen it. Like that is not no. anyone else's problem. Yep. Yeah. When yeah. you say like spoiler now, you're basically saying like, why can't the rest of the world watch things on my schedule? Yeah. Now I get it. Sometimes. You know, people have life things that come up. They have career things that come up. They have families that they have to attend to. And so they might be behind like a week or two. But other than that, I remember in the early days of of Talking Dead, someone was really upset because something came out on Twitter that happened on The Walking Dead. And this person could not wrap their brain around. They were like, what am I supposed to do? Just not go on Twitter? It's like, yeah! yeah. Yes. If you yes. know that's where the conversation is going to be happening, yeah. don't go on until you've seen the thing. Right, yes. you, ha- you have to have some responsibility. So, just a little bit. A little bit. I understand if someone's a dig and just wants to spoil it for you and you get pissed off. Right. But yes, I mean, and also you could give it a little bit of a birth before you yes, go on Yes, of Twitter. course. And, yeah. and, and honestly, like, and I understand, and, you know, we, we started padding the beginning of Talking Dead with... Um, you know, because sometimes people will DVR. Yeah. And sometimes, like, they'll catch the beginning of Talking Dead, like, at the end of an episode that's DVR that they right. haven't watched yet. Right. So we say, okay, now's your, you know, the show's just starting. Now's Smart. your chance. Smart move, yeah. want, So I do respect the idea of not <laughs> spoiling stuff. But also, it's almost as though we've <laughs> forgotten that we enjoy the process of things and not just the surprises of things. Absolutely. So, I, like, things get spoiled to me all the time because people assume I've seen everything the second it comes out or <laughs> <Right>. before. <laughs> and I just don't bother. I just don't get upset. I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's a thing that happens. I can't wait to see how that unfolds. Right, agreed, right. agreed. You know, it's funny because uh, I have I have kids, and kids have no chill when it comes to spoiling. They like they just don't know, and they don't like right. and they don't care. My my daughter went and saw a movie. I don't even say what movie it was, <laughs> and she came home from the movie, was in the house for about five seconds before she told me how it ended. 
and she's 14 years old. And it, it, it was, was Endgame, wasn't it? <laughs> no, but, but LaShawn McCoy talking about no chill. I mean, well, that's I, somebody. I, I, went, I, I was on a date in college. Boy, this is just tell you how long ago this was. <laughs> I was on a date in college, and we, we, we go to, and this was a first date, yeah. and we go to see The Crying Game, which <laughs> oh. I don't know if a lot of people remember, but yeah. it's an amazing movie. And um, there's when, a big reveal. At there's the end. a big reveal, yeah, or, and and she and we were sitting down. The lights were going down, and she says, "I can't believe it turns out." And she said the reveal, and I was like, that <laughs> movie, <laughs> "Like, and also this isn't like in a pre-internet era. How did yeah. she know that?" So I do understand, yeah. and I, I respect it. Uh, so at the beginning of this conversation, of course, speaking with you, we're going to lead down a ton of different paths. Uh, we're going to talk about Paul. We're going to talk about Paul, Paul because I said you were listening. We were talking to Michael Giacchino, and he was just meeting with Paul. But you had Paul on your podcast. Podcast. On Paul on the podcast? Yeah, he was on the podcast like five or six years. And that, people don't do Paul McCartney anymore. They just do... There's a lot of impersonations that are like Dana Carvey's SNL. <laughs> totally. That would be mine. You know, Mine's yeah. This is Paul, and then this is Regis Philbin. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But it, and this is the... It's all, it's all Dana Carvey. But um, yeah, Paul came on in like 2014, and he was incredible. Yeah. Like, and, and I, and I kind of knew... Because I'd had a weird experience with Harrison Ford where I just couldn't mash my fandom down. And it didn't go... It wasn't a disaster, but it wasn't great. I, I read about you uh, and you uh, reading an interview with you, and you were talking about how... And I, I could see this. I take full responsibility. But, like, that, but that I could see him being the kind of guy who doesn't suffer no. that for a second. If he's giving you your time, you should be cool right, enough to right. be able to handle it. And I And I was just like... You know, I, I think I said something like, you know how hard it is not to ask you about Han Solo and Indiana Jones? And he was like, try harder. You know? So it was just like one of those. And so the best thing about it was that it, it taught me like, it, it was almost like riding a horse, like never be afraid. Just talk no. like, and so when Paul came in, I realized like I, a lot of people come at him. And, and and I think it makes, like, big mega celebrities uncomfortable because they don't want to... Most of them don't want to feel like they're not part of the human experience. And when we put them on... Like, if someone comes up to you like, oh, my God, you're the greatest... You know, it's off... It, it, it can freak people out. Well, I, I agree. And but, and but conversely, I also... We found many times that you'll get people in and then you hit that sweet spot where they're like... They almost do want to say, yeah, that was kind of cool, wasn't it? Of course. And when you get them in that zone, it's it's the best. But you're right. You have to. You have to get the defenses down first. Right. So we, we always, we long ago decided where either you interrogate a guest or you interview them and have a conversation. Conversation is the key word. Like, right. that's why there's, you know, I don't drink, but someone could start a drinking game of times on the podcast. People go, oh, did we start? Because and yeah. not, and not that I would never leave anything in that they didn't that I felt was like if they were talking about their address or whatever. Right, right. But the point is, like, I want them to feel comfortable so that they know that it's a safe environment to hang. And so I just when Paul came, we went to his office in New York. He was the only person who came in, wow. which I also find interesting because I'm sure you guys have noticed, like, there are some like icons. That just like to show up alone, and then people who are like fourth lead on a show, the show with like nine people. Are like, what is, why do you have yeah. a posse? Hair yeah. makeup, yeah, 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 exactly. And Paul McCartney was like, "Hey guys, how's it going?" And uh, and so you know, we just sort of talked to him, and he was so he just wanted to be part of the human experience. And he said, he said, you know, I would rather than people try to take a picture. It's weird. I would rather people just say, hey, how's your day going? Like he just wants to connect, right? And I and and so I asked him. 
there was that moment of, and I, do, I don't plan anything. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I just kind of see where it goes. But I was really curious to find out, like, that famous Ed Sullivan footage that everyone has their image of, of yeah. them, you know, like, them on the stage and the black and white. I was like... Iconic. What was it like a second before the curtain opened? What did you see? And he, and he had a really great answer, and it was something like... You know, like the stage hands, basically to the effect of like, "Don't f this up," you know. Uh, and these guys were about to go on national American television, which right. was huge at the time. And yeah. and he really seemed like interested and engaged, and he was just a phenomenal, phenomenal. And he's easy yeah, to talk to. It's, yeah. a, it's a really good point about um, uh, people that you're interviewing. They're there because they want to be there most of the time, right? They they have something they want to talk about, something they want to sell, something they want to promote. So they're giving you their time. And um, that means that you have to have the courtesy of respecting them and what they want to talk about. Um, but uh, so people will ask us from time to time, who's the worst interview you've ever had? And, and we really haven't had many because most people who we've had a couple. Here, <laughs> there have been a few. Well, the thing is, that's why I said we haven't had many. Yeah. But um, we've had a few that were stinkers. Uh, but most of them are pretty good because people want to come in and, and share with you. Right. Right. That said, who was the worst one you've ever had? <laughs> well, there, it's not that there was a worst. I just think the the the. Rockiest one. Oh God, I didn't mean to say Rocky. <laughs> so it was the, Stallone. The, the, the yeah. Rocky. No, it wasn't. Uh, I, I would love to have him. The, 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 the Rockiest one was uh, was Harrison Ford. But yeah. again, I blame myself for that, not him, because he has kind of a, a very dry sense of humor. Right. And sometimes it's hard to tell like where the cranky ends and where that begins. Yeah. Um, no, I can see that. But I do believe. That most people, because a lot of famous people are just treated like objects. They're treated like objects or people are trying to get clickbait stories out of them or they just are, you know, they don't. And so it's like, you know, they want to connect. If you just talk to them as if they're humans, (laughs) they might respond. And so I've had more positive in the thousand and whatever episodes we've done on the podcast. So many episodes of people that hugged me after was like, oh my God, thank you for just letting me talk. And it's like, yeah, because you, you know, like I don't want, I'm not trying to exploit you. I just want to get to know you like yeah. we were having coffee. Right. But the, but yeah, the Harrison Ford one, although I do think that because he had, you know, he had the, he had the, uh, the plane crash. And after that, I had done events with him and his whole demeanor had changed. Hmm. Like when he was doing the press for Ender's Game, he seemed a little cranky, but when he was doing Force Awakens, I mean, in Hall H, I moderated that panel, and he seemed so appreciative to be there. He was genuinely touched, like he was engaged, and I I, I don't know, so it was just like I saw a totally different guy, but again, I still, I'm still going to take the blame on this because I I had nervous energy, and at a certain point, you know when you feel, it's like you can feel you're about to fumble the ball. And then sometimes you can hold on to it, and other times you're just like, oh, in the slow motion, no! And you're just, like, watching it happen. Yeah, Chris, I wanted to ask you, Steve showed me this picture this morning, which is so cool. So you've you've married into uh, the Hearst family now. There's a picture of you doing something I've always wanted to do. Oh, my God. Because I've been to the Hearst Castle, San Simeon. Yeah. And that's to jump into that indoor swimming pool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus, God. that's <laughs> the coolest. It looks so awesome. It's, it's, okay, so, okay, so I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to complain about it. It no. is an amazing experience. But it, it's about as cold as jumping into this river. Is it really? Well, it's not heated. Oh, yeah, you're right. And, and there's no sun getting to it. No, that, the indoor, there's an indoor and outdoor pool. Yes. And the indoor pool is, 
it is incredible. It's one of the most breathtaking, I mean, literally breathtaking experiences. But then it looks like something out of uh, Caligula's. Yeah, uh, uh, well, you, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's the it's it's. Uh, I think that's the the Neptune pool. I think that's the Neptune pool. Is that the Roman pool? Or maybe the Neptune pool. And so it's. Uh, well, that's that's my pool. It's not that exciting. It's not that exciting. It's like just brick back there. No, no, that wasn't really that wasn't really fit for Neptune, God of the Sea. But uh, it's gunite. But after literally after like five minutes, you're in there and you're like, have I appreciated this now? Like you you just start going hypothermic. But it is an incredible experience. Yeah, because when when I took the tour, uh, they they mentioned uh, on the tour guide they were like, and by the way, it's a five hundred dollar fine if you jump into this pool. You know, if you're on tour, and I was sitting there going. Maybe that actually might be worth it. <laughs> I got five. I just run to the yeah, ATM. I, 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 can, I can go with five. Yeah. Is there an ATM? Sure. There is at the front. And it's sploosh. Wait, and it's where is it? I'm sorry. What state? And it's, in California. California. It's, in Central, it's in Central California. So it's stunning. Yeah, so Hearst Castle was built. Uh, my, my wife's great-great-grandfather was a man named George Hearst, who was a character in Deadwood. Uh, <laughs> and he was basically, um, uh, I think silver was his thing. So he bought, he, 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 my, he found silver, silver deposits, and then like carried it all across the country with just a bunch of donkeys, and then bought a bunch of land. And then her great-grandfather, William Randolph Hearst, took that and built it into what is the sort of modern-day newspaper empire. An amazing story. And an, an yeah. ama- a- a- anybody who has never... It's one of those things where I'm sure a lot of people in California have never gone. You're missing out. It's just a slice of, of it American is unbelievable. history. Yes, yeah. so that was so that was her great grandfather's favorite spot. He and his father used to camp there, hmm. and so he basically built what is the world's greatest architectural salvage. Like if you like, if you watch HGTV at all, yeah. and you're like, oh, we salvaged <laughs> this toilet, you know, like this whole structure, the Hearst Castle, which is now a museum, it was donated yeah. to the state in the 50s or 60s. They he would like. They they would disassemble castles in Europe, and and this amazing architect Julia Morgan, um, who was this brilliant architect, uh, um, would integrate it into the structures. And so, literally, every square inch of Hearst Castle is some priceless artifact yeah. of something, and it's just an incredible experience. I, I thought um, of a name for your uh, your biography if it comes out: swimming at San Simeon. <laughs> <laughs> swimming that's at a good San one. Simeon. That's a good one. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Now, that's a cool picture. I, I love it. And you post some really good stuff on on uh, social media and you know a lot of friends we're looking at a picture right now a local guy David Boreanis David Boreanis yeah he was on the podcast I love David Boreanis because you know there are some people in the business who uh, have just they just work over and over and over and over and over again and then you know that in the entertainment industry anyone can get lucky but if they're kind of a jerk or there's anything that's crappy about them they don't get. They don't keep giving. They'll be filtered out. Exactly. And, and he he started Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy, Angel Bones. Angel Bones. Yeah. And, and and so he here's a, here's a guy. And anytime so anything sports related, you know, Casey will check in with him, and he calls up like when the when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. He yeah yeah. So he's he's tapped into. He's that. been he's yeah. literally been on a television show every. Now he's got Seal Team. He's been on a television show every season for like the last twenty five years. Crazy. And he what turns to be a great guy. Of course he was. A, oh yeah, he's got the Philadelphia. Uh, <laughs> You, you know, his father was a longtime weatherman here. I did okay. know that, yeah. yeah. And didn't he do like a more a kids show or something too? I, th- I thought he said his his dad did some kind of a. He did like a couple of things. I don't know if it was a kids show, but he did.
did some stuff. He did like AM Philadelphia for a bit. And uh, yeah, Dave Roberts is a legendary uh, journalist in, in our town as well. And Boreanis just never forgot his Philly roots. Huge Flyers fan. Mm-hmm. Talking about doing shows for, for, for years. And, and, and so we before you uh, we cracked the mics, we were talking about uh, Fear the Walking Dead and The Walking Dead and Talking Dead. And, and so as all of this is going along and there's, there's an ineluctable point at which, you know, this will all wrap up. At least that'll wrap up. Wa- the Walking Dead. The, the the anchor show. Oh, God, don't say that. <laughs> you still do fear The Walking Dead. Uh, and again, I love Talking Dead, too, because to me, it's it's the perfect, you know, wrap up to that whole thing. And Brain you, you, sorbet. Yes, yeah, yes, it is. And it allows you that, that experience we talked about earlier about sort of a communal airing of your grief if a character dies. Yeah, and you so need so a forth. dopey guy to come on afterwards and be like, oh, none of this is real. It's not a documentary. Everything's okay. You so know, get, we're all get, fine. So I'm actually catching up on Fear of the Walking Dead the same way I did on when I started watching Walking Dead because I didn't really watch it to begin with. And then I... I um, uh, what do you call that? Binge the first two seasons right. on like like DVD, which and has then... never had a positive connotation. That word and never had a positive connotation in our culture. Yeah. Binge means to consume to excess. We usually end up throwing up or in the hospital after a binge, yeah. and so now we're just like we're doing this as entertainment. So you binged Fear. So so I'm 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 in the process of binging Fear, and uh, you know I I kind of got off, and now I'm back on. I got around Christmas time, and I'm really really into it. And I'm hoping at some point, because there's been like a little bit of a crossover, I'm hoping that there's going to be a point where Walking Dead is in such a bad, dire way, and there's no way out of it, and there's going to be like this endgame thing, like where the portal opens up, and all the people from Fear the Walking Dead come in and save the day or something like that. Well, the graphic novels have, have they're, they're, now we're, we're coming down to the... They ended them. They ended well, them, well, yeah. they, Robert Kirkman ended them. Or ended them. Ended them. Quite ended them. suddenly to the public's... From the public's point of view, I, and I didn't even know it was ending. I don't think anyone really knew it was ending. And then all of a sudden, I just saw let's see all these news like Walking Dead graphic novel ends. Like what? <laughs> have you? Do you have any desire to be in an episode as a zombie or just a dude who takes a hatchet to the face? Or well, I don't. Oh man, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. I would love to. Well, here's the thing. I I I was always hesitant because. I didn't want to be the thing that took people out of the show. Yes. They're like, oh, that's Chris Hardwick. You know, because I respect the show and I respect the fans. And from early, from season, the first season that we were on, Greg Nicotero has always said, like, come on down, I'll make you a zombie. And I went through zombie makeup in the first season of Talking Dead, and it is intense. <laughs> I, like, I cannot tell you how much respect I have for the extras who, in the in the Atlanta heat, oh my all God. day long, they are covered in prosthetics head to toe. They might be, like, trapped in something because it's a gag. And, you know, and they have to stay hydrated and not, you know, like... Pass out. Not pass out. And so... Because I went through it, I had the makeup done once, and then the removal process is a whole separate process. I was a little shy, like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> but this season, I, f- I think I've been, I've been saying, like, when they go back, they usually start shooting in May, that I might need to go do it before I lose it, my chance you to know ever what? do it. Here's the deal. Just be in an episode for about 10 seconds, yeah. okay? You're a guy who uh, has created a landmine field, right? No, there it is. Yeah, that's that's the that's the zombie makeup that Nicotero's team did. Oh, that's cool. And you need to be unrecognizable (laughs) because that, as you said, you don't want to pull the audience out of that moment. Unless unless you're only in it for ten seconds, and you know your head gets blown off, and you know, like, hey, there's Chris. Oh wait, there he goes. He's right. I think that would be funny. I think. Well, that. (laughs) 
That would be really funny. <laughs> In I, this post-apocalyptic world, that would be a scream. Uh, well, I don't think I would have survived the apocalypse that long. No. <laughs> like, they're, they're years into the apocalypse sure, now. Yeah, I never, yeah. I would have survived like a week. Right, My yeah. wife has the survival skills. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good, good to know your limitations. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've said to my wife before, like, well, I'll just get behind wherever you... Because she was taking, like, machete training classes and... Well, you let's know, remember you almost didn't survive the pool at San Simeon. Didn't, so oh, that's, right. so, that's a very uh, yeah, fair it's, point. It's a fair the point. The pool almost killed me. I don't think global apocalypse, I have much of a right. chance. Yeah. yeah, you don't want the guy in the apocalypse who's like, this water is really cold. You know, like, uh, just shove him in. You're like, just throw him at the... Right, right. You, we'll throw him at the zombies and we'll make a run for it. Chris, yeah. I want to ask you, you, you mentioned the, this tectonic shift that has happened and yes. um, the way that we consume and the way that we own... Our or think that we own movies and content is really evolved. We're kind of borrowing. Well, it, it, totally. And so there, uh, I want to ask you about your opinion on Star Wars because it used to be, for me, growing up as a kid, this thing that you enjoyed, that you loved, and, and it became very personal to you. And then the prequels happened and whatever. The, you know, they weren't great, but they were what they were. They were a revisitation to the Star Wars universe. The last three, episodes seven, eight, and nine, um, people have just gotten angry about all of it. Well, and, and to me, it's, it's removed some of the joy of what this universe was when I was a kid. It's not just Star Wars. It's everything because, again, it's sort of what I was saying before is that people personalize stuff. And, and the loudest voices on the Internet tend to be the angriest ones because people who are fine with things or they're happy in general, they don't go, I should go online and yell about how happy I am. You That's know? right. Yeah. And, like, this sort of cycle of outrage that we're in with social media, it generates clicks. And, it, and, and so people are hyper-aware of hyper, every and aspect. It's engaged. Yeah. But, but I think it's a very small... I mean, I, I think the illusion of the Internet... And I wonder if social media will be the kind of thing where in 50 years that the, that scientists will look back on like we do as best as and be like, I can't believe people lived around that yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know, because it's just, it I can be so. it can be very toxic, you know, but I think it's a very small percentage. You know, they're doing all these studies now where they're finding out that, you know, if you look at social media, you, you things seem to be very polarized with entertainment and politics or religion or whatever it is. And what they're finding is that, like, social media represents, like, 14% of the population. And that's yes. not even the most... And that's not even, like, 14% of those... The 14% isn't even, like, all active. It's just... For, so, like, most people you know, aren't screaming about Star Wars in any direction. Of course, all opinions are welcome. If you're a fan, you're you are totally free to hate Walking Dead or Star Wars or whatever. You know, when it starts to get to that point of like, we should track these people down and burn their head. And it's like, okay, that's not yeah. just right? expressing your opinion. Yeah. That's when the, uh, the Secret Service steps in. But also, you don't have to, like, you also don't have to engage with that stuff. You have every right to, if you enjoy, like... I, I didn't hate the Last Jedi. Like I didn't hate it, and so then people are and people got real angry at that. And it's like, well, I, it was fine. You don't get to see Yoda. I don't know what do you want. Yeah. So it, I didn't hate the second trilogy. I, people freaked out about. I mean, I listen. Phantom Menace. Uh, right. Some issues. Well, well, no, you're wrong about that. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but I'm you know kidding. what I'm saying. I mean, there, there were there there are moments. But you're right. I think most most people say I can find something here, unless it's a staggering. Piece of crap, but right. still, to your point about the way people use social media, I think there had to be the the way it became so toxic. But now people are aware how toxic it is. Mm. So the so you just kind of know, like when a Star Wars comes out, like some people are not going to sure. be happy about Ex- it. They're, exactly. they're going to want to they're going to want to kill it before it even comes out, and that's just that's just part of it, you know. And so yeah. it's not. Steve yeah. and I have never ha- we we love all these genres. Have we never hated a movie? You and I will 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 kind of give our review. 
to each other and go, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Did you get some entertainment out of it? Yeah, I did. Was it a great movie? Not really. So there's no... No need to, it, but also, but, but also, as me. you start to get older, yeah. and you you start yeah. you start to get more checked in with life stuff, you just start to feel like, oh, who cares? You know, like yeah. it's we're who all gonna. Cares? Oh, I, oh, I, I care. We're like I have a family. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know. I'm, yeah, and so, but you still care. I know. I do you still I know care, you but still not care. to the, not to the level of like. I gotta tear everything down because you know my childhood's ruined. It's yeah. like, look, just, if you, just because you didn't like a Ghostbusters or Star Wars, ever they don't come and take your DVD of original, <laughs> of New Hope or yeah. original Ghostbusters. They're like, okay, this new one's coming out, so unfortunately you're not gonna be able to watch this old one. It's like I, you still got to have all those experiences, but also when we're kids, like we see things in a different way, like you know, like our our horizons expand, and so that experience. Those experiences get harder to have the older you get because you've just seen so much stuff yeah. that the, the ability to be surprised as you get older changes. No, and, you're and, right. And we yeah. tend to, like, romanticize nostalgia. And believe me, I built a whole industry off romanticizing nostalgia. <laughs> I get it. I do it. Mm-hmm. But I also just think that, you know, it's like, hey, sometimes we can go outside and go, you know what? It's uh, <laughs> th- There's no, like, today, there, it's a little cold, but there's not a cloud in the sky. It's yeah. beautiful. Philadelphia is a beautiful town. Like, it's it's nice. It's yeah. nice. Chris Hardwick, if, if you're just joining us, and he'll be at a Helium Comedy Club. God, maybe I should turn in my nerd card, you guys. We don't need to get so upset about a movie like what what am i saying no 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 but i completely understand what you're saying yeah. and, and in that we as to preston's point about liking liking the simple enjoyment of living in an age where there is nothing that cannot be realized on screen you know what it is steve i care about people and you know like in my podcast yeah. i do these things that i add at the end these kind of like i call them idiot raps because the show's called id10t and so it's just sort of like these stream of consciousness things i genuinely want people to feel happy i yeah. want them to feel good i want you know i advocate for mental health i want people to feel supported and so i do get sad when i see people get so enraged because i like, get that poor person is not like like it's not it can't just be about this thing and no. i just i just hope that they find the peace and happiness that yeah. they deserve so it is I do, I do kind of feel bad sometimes for humanity because I was like, oh my god, you guys, can't we just it's calm be okay. down? Yeah, just your, please. Your, your original Ghostbusters copy is at home and it's, it's still there. It's still there. <laughs> Bankman is in it. He's there. You know, they have the original jumpsuits on. Hey, uh, I wanted to ask you, do you miss doing uh, radio? You started off as a jock. Well, I think that's kind of why I started the podcast. Yeah, because I missed, I missed radio, but I did not miss the hours. Uh, I don't know how you guys do it. Yeah. You on the legendary KROQ? I was K-Rock. on K Rock midnight to five. I did the overnight. Mm-hmm. Shift. Oh, wow. And then, um, so was Kevin and Bean in the morning? And, yeah, it was uh, Kevin Richard, and Bean. Richard Blade was on. R- Richard Blade right. was there, who's now over at uh, New- First, First Wave. Yes, yeah. and uh, and let's see who uh, uh, Corolla was on. Was Kimmel, and Kimmel was on. Okay, yeah. So I was there. I was. I had just started working at MTV, and I got a job at K Rock right when Single That was premiering, and so. That was a very, like, for so for a year, Kimmel was there, and then he went off to do, after a year or two, he went off to do Win Ben Stein's Money. Right, yeah. And then, Which we got the man show and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then Corolla kind of blew up, too. And then Carson Daly came over from Live 105 up in, in San Francisco. He came down and started working at K-Rock, and then he went over to MTV. So K-Rock was really the sort of funnel for pop culture at the time, and it was... And I left K Rock to go do a morning show at another station that um, uh, does not exist. It's Spanish now, but I, um, I I do not miss the morning show schedule <laughs> at all. What was harder, uh, overnight or mornings? Uh, mornings by a, a lot because with overnights you just stay up. And I was twenty two, right? And right, so yeah, it yeah. was easy to do that. 
But like getting up for mornings, yeah, staying uh, up's different than getting yeah. up. You gotta getting be responsible. Up, well, yeah, because you you guys like I when I when I did mornings for like I think I did it for ten months, nine or ten months, and it would be like seven o'clock at night, and I'd be like, guys. This is my two a.m. Yeah. I have to go. Oh, yeah. to bed. I, I just never, I just never acquiesce to that. I Chris, go, to, I go to sleep. Or I go up to bed at ten. I go to sleep at eleven. I wake up at three forty-five. Oh God, we've been yeah. doing it for twenty-three years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. not. <laughs> that's very Ben Franklin of you, though. Go to bed when you're tired. Wake up when you're sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. How, I, just don't I, know I how take you do naked it. bats in front of open windows. That's I'm totally, I, totally, I, I totally. That totally. Yeah, but also, you know what you need to do is you just need to grow the. Sure. Yeah, just tiny little. Now it's just got to be all over the place. I would imagine it is, but it's manageable. Like because I'm because like the wall, the wall's coming back soon. And but we already shot all those episodes. We shot we shot like 19 episodes in 10 days. What? And so they'll that's, so that's as a game show host. That's, yeah, that's got to be another cool thing. It's right? amazing. Yeah, yeah. And so that's on NBC. And then the Talking Dead's just on Sundays. And so I've been focusing on tour. So I'm that's doing, live. Talking Dead is live. Talking Dead is live. And, uh, yeah, in my tour, the stand-up, because I've been doing a lot of music in my stand-up now, and so I've been, like, practicing. I started taking guitar and piano last, a year ago, and so now I'm doing all this weird, all these weird, (laughs) dumb songs in the set. It's cool, though. It's been really fun. It's a good time. Yeah, by the way, yeah, so it's called the Wizard Guitar Tour? Yeah, because I have a wizard, I have a guitar with a wizard painted on it. Really? (laughs) Yeah. What kind of guitar is it? Oh. It's a Martin. It's like one of the lower end Martins. Yeah. Uh, and We've so, got Martin guitars here. Yeah, and so it's. I just bought a lower end Martin because Martins are just good guitars. Yeah. And I mean, I don't. I'm not sponsored by them or anything. I'm just saying. I just they're <laughs> good guitars. And so I. Um, uh, and then I had a friend of mine who's an artist. I think it's on Instagram. Like it's painted. Uh, it. It it basically I was like I just want it to look like the side of a van with like a dragon and a wizard and kind of D and D themed yeah. yeah and she knocked it out of the park and so now this is the guitar that's touring you, with me you should go visit the manufacturing plant it's in Bethlehem right here yeah oh it is yeah, yeah, it's right yeah, down yeah. the way and you're here for a few days they'd give you the grand tour, I would sure. love that I have I mean I I have the birth I have, of the Chris Hardwick uh, uh, edition guitar there you go mm, I, I think I'm <laughs> well, pretty sure some things are probably not going to happen that might be one of them uh, and. So, it, 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 but I have like some vintage guitars that are way nicer than I have any business having, and I have like a, a 1957 Martin. Wow, that is wow. stunning. Do, I wonder if they have the pieces of the one they probably that, do that got broken on the Hateful Eight. Oh, set. Ah, that's you hear about that one? Question. No, oh, yeah. So the story I heard was, and if I'm wrong, I apologize. Although I'm sure the internet will correct me. <laughs> uh, the story I heard is that Martin loans the that production, like this, you know, 19th century Martin guitar. And um, I guess Kurt Russell didn't know that, oh, and geez. like smashed it in a Pulled scene. The Townsend moment, yeah. yeah. And then they were like, Gah! "I mean, again, I don't know if that's a real story. I've heard that story, legend, yeah. But uh, oh but God. if but if the Martin guitar people want me to come to their factory, I will not break any guitars. <laughs> All right. Well, our old intern Jake Matera is he's open. opening for he's me opening for you tonight, tonight and Saturday. And Saturday. He's that one hell of a guitarist. Oh, yes. is he really? He is. Yeah. I no didn't lie. know that. Yes, he is. Oh, my gosh. That's so great. Yeah, they sent me a set of his, um, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I don't have yeah. an MC. And so they sent me a set of his. I'm like, oh, this guy's really funny. And so, yeah. and and as soon as he said, as soon as he said the sentence, my wife's Avengers tattoo, I was like, oh, this guy. You knew you Yeah. Can I also just throw some compliments your way and say, listen, morning radio is hard to fill five hours every day. When I did it, I thought it'd be really easy, and it turns out it's not. (laughs) (laughs) To talk for five 
hours straight. <laughs> yeah. And so I appreciate what you do. And I also appreciate that you guys are just so nice and just always so fun and funny and knowledgeable and pleasurable to talk to. So oh, thank you for having that. me in Thanks, every time. Man. Anytime, anytime. And I hope, uh, hope Paul comes back. <laughs> Please, don't Paul come oh, back Preston, how have you been? After <laughs> I, was, uh, I was worried about you. You were so nervous the last time we spoke. Was it uh, 93, was it? Uh, yeah. and, uh, he remembers clearly. Yeah. You know, my manager said that uh, we were just going to meet you, and I was like, no, let's give him 15 minutes. <laughs> let's give him a whole time. Could have been worse. You've, oh. got, a, you've got an hour with Paul. Uh, you know, there. Preston, I've saved that recording. Why don't we listen to it right now? Here it is. <laughs> Thank you so much. Chris Hardwick, guys. We'll take a break and be right back. Stay with us. Uh. Get what you want when you want it. MMR on demand. Preston and Steve's Daily Rush. Sarah's Rock Breakdown. MMR podcasts. The latest videos and interviews with your fave artists and lots more. Click the On Demand tab at WMMR.com. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Files. Bizarre Files brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code ROCK when you sign up to get in on the action. Police have identified two suspects who are believed to be responsible for a disturbance at a Sonic drive-in resulted in a glass door being shattered. At a Sonic? Yeah, the driver handed her food back to the employee and pointed to the receipt after an exchange of words. The store eventually said, hey, we are refusing service. Minutes later, the manager threw the cash back into the car and asked repeatedly for the pair to leave. The woman in the driver's seat unbuckled her seatbelt and got out. She started yelling at the employees and even tried to get in through the side door. Then a man in a passenger seat hopped out and started punching the window. Uh, The woman tried to drag the man away, but he broke free, coming right back to demand his food. Meanwhile, the employees locked the building down, and just when they thought that it was all clear, the man is caught on camera reaching down onto the floorboard and chucking a glass bottle straight at them. The front door of the building was left completely shattered. The two customers then left. Uh, They managed to track these people down, or at least who they were, and charges will soon follow. This comes after over the weekend, and every now and then, I love seeing videos like this. uh, People in a drive-thru, Dunkin' Donuts, and they're filming the car in front of them. The woman in front of them was yelling so loud that they're like, we should probably get this on camera. (laughs) Yeah. And it leads to, essentially, she was just wigging out. And it's just throwing stuff in her car. And they start throwing her money back at her. And it was just hilarious. At the drive-thru. At the drive-thru. To get that worked up. I'm telling you. All right. This is a terrible story. But I bring this up because it is a cautionary tale. And always heed this warning. A boy is in intensive care. This is in Denver. At a Denver Health Medical Center after a bounce house he was jumping in on Saturday was picked up and swept away by strong wind gusts. Now, I don't know if they didn't have it anchored down or not, but you have to anchor those things down. They will fly. They launch. They will absolutely fly. Yeah. A fast-moving storm moved into the area Saturday afternoon just as 10-year-old Rylan Robertson was attending a friend's birthday party. And he was critically injured in it. Robertson has been recovering inside the ICU. He underwent brain surgery due to a decompressed skull fracture with bleeding on his brain. And he also suffered several broken ribs, lacerations to his spleen and liver, as well as air between his lungs. 
So if you if you do have one of those, man, you've got to stake that into the ground. Or, you know, before you do, watch footage of bounce houses lifted off the ground in yeah. windstorms. You'll be shocked at how high they go. Yeah, and then even if they don't, they can just tumble yeah, yeah, yeah. and roll and roll and roll and roll. So please be careful if you're going to set those up. All right, in Massachusetts, a moose spotted roaming around was tranquilized and relocated by environmental police officers. A moose? A moose. Why don't you forget the moose for a moment? An employee at Mount Pleasant Golf Club was setting up at the first hole around 7 a.m. and he hey, saw... Hey, look, a moose! He saw Why don't moose. you forget the moose? He saw the moose... For a moment. Come, a- come out of the woods and run across the fairway. Another resident... A Snap the Why don't you forget the moose? <laughs> Another resident snapped a photo of the moose near her home. Hey, you got a picture of a moose! Why don't you forget the moose? Around m- noon, the moose was spotted going for a swim in the Merrimack River. That's a swimming moose! Uh, Why don't you forget the moose? The moose was fermo- removed from the river to be relocated. I find them amazing. They're so huge, and yet they seem improbable in the way they're constructed. You yeah, know? agreed. Yeah, I mean, agreed. Their faces yeah. are like... Uh, they, yeah, they totally have that look about it. <laughs> Biologist Dave Waddle said it was chaos for a bit, chasing her around, trying to push her where we wanted her to be once we got the dart in her, uh, trying to keep her head up and move her closer to the shore. But in reality, everything worked out as well as it possibly could. Uh, they said that uh, she'll be released into the uh, Lowell Drackett State Forest, which is where they believe she came from. They also believe she's a baby, only three years old, though estimated to be about 600 pounds. It's a big moose. Now, here's a story from Vermont. Three people were injured when their car hit a moose. Why don't you forget the moose? Flashy morning. For a moment. Uh, it happened around 4 a.m. Police say Andrew Dow hit a moose in the road. Two passenger were hosp- passengers were hospitalized for their injuries. Did we just hit a moose? Uh, Dow. Why don't you forget the moose? Dow. For a moment. Was issued a ticket for lack of insurance, by the way. It was just another moose story, and I wanted to have two. So there you go. Uh, in North Carolina. Why don't you forget the moose? <laughs> there was. For a moment. There was no moose. Oh. But sightings were popping up again in one neighborhood. Viewers say they've spotted a man without clothes running through the some popular trails. Now, it's the those uh, same trails that have reports of a naked runner in April of last year. Is it possible that it's Sasquatch at its molting season? Maybe. Maybe it's in its molting season. <laughs> <laughs> right? Since June 1st. About five people have reported seeing a naked man uh, running near the Natty Green and Palmetto trails. Mm. Uh, It's at a time when a lot of people are depending on uh, getting outside. Uh, Some people say this violated their sense of security. Uh, Maya hurt running naked. uh, Maya Nackerman was running near her home on the Natty Green trail when she saw him. So I saw a man running up through the woods. It looked like he was naked, but I thought I was just imagining it. Then he came closer. She said, shirt, shoes, no bottoms. I was honestly just shocked, and I thought I was going crazy because no one else was there to confirm that I saw it. But she wasn't going crazy. On the other side of town, Esther Lierkes said she saw the same man. She said he was completely naked. At first, I thought it was a moose. Other than (laughs) uh, running shoes. Why don't you forget the moose? Uh, She said, I will admit I was looking him up and down, like sort of confirming, are you really naked? 
Not because I really wanted to see, but just because I was trying to assess the situation. Sure. sure. Uh, Lierke's said from uh, talking with the neighbors that she's learned that the Naked Runner has made several appearances during the first few days of June. So they're trying to figure out who this guy is, but he's running a naked all over the place. And there you go. That is your bizarre file for now. We'll take a break. We'll be back in just a second. Make sure you stay with us. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. It stinks! No, it does not stink. It's good. Hey, I'm glad Rocky uh, chimed in there for a moment because... I saw on uh, Stallone's Instagram page yes. that he is doing a Rocky watch party tomorrow night at 7 p.m. I love these watch parties. The problem is I've missed every stinking one of them. The only one I saw was uh, the, Wonders. the Wonders, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And this is going to be on Facebook's, on MG, uh, MGM's Facebook page. So it's Facebook.com slash MGM. Okay, because they own the rights to the Rocky films. I guess so. Tomorrow. At uh, at seven p.m. So uh, yeah, if you want to watch along, I guess he's going to be do comment doing commentary during it. I still have never seen the movie from beginning to end. I've, Are you kidding I, me? I've seen the you, whole movie, but uh, I've never actually watched it from the very very first. Uh, the pacing, yeah. everything is so pitch perfect and critical. John Alvinson, who is the director, did such a great job. First movie to extensively use steady cam footage, so they got shots you had not seen before. And we know the story when we had uh, Carl Weathers in here and everybody talking. It was done for a song and a dance. Yep. I mean, literally a lot of guerrilla style filmmaking. That's why yeah. there are a lot of gorillas in the movie. No, they're, they're, <laughs> uh, and, and, and what came out the other end is this, this masterpiece of old style Hollywood movie making. And Steve, the invention of the Steadicam. Right, yeah, I was just ha- saying. Happened on that film. Did yeah, you say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, running up the steps and yeah. all that stuff. Yes, that was all. So the guy who, at that time, Preston, the Steadicam rig was so heavy that it was the actual inventor who was a large guy. But, I mean, so when when Stallone's running up the stairs, there was only the, the guy, the inventor himself, was the only one who could actually use it. Running. So he was running up the stairs with him because yeah. of the counterweights and all that stuff. Hey, so this is at 7 tomorrow night? It's at 7 tomorrow night Eastern time, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, and- see you there. Uh, and so, but uh, Steve had pointed out that MGM has the rights for it. And I saw this story. I, I got to thank uh, Jerry Torres. He's a diehard listener of the show. He always sends me some interesting information. He's a very nice guy. He is a very nice guy. <laughs> and he sent over uh, this bit of information about how Sylvester Stallone uh, basically signed away all ownership. Everything. Of Rocky upon release. However, so, when the movie is being made, they wanted the role of Rocky to be played by Burt Reynolds. And uh, I w- refused to sell the script to him unless I could play it. That's right. Very well done. Wow. Um, so, yeah, he was uh, eventually, uh, due to the mm. nature of the story, uh, apparently Stallone was a struggling actor, and, and uh, he was working on the script. He was pitching the movie to producers, producers and Robert Chardoff and Erin Winkler agreed to take uh, Stallone on board. Uh, he was not wanted for the part as the main character, as Steve was saying. Uh, it's despite the fact that he invented the role himself, with himself in mind. Knew it better than anyone. Uh, yep, he and, and he stood his ground. He eventually got, he got the title role. <laughs> in the process, he basically signed away all rights to the royalties and future use of Rocky. Wow. But look, when you're a struggling up-and-comer, yeah. uh, you do what you have to do. Yep. And uh, man, but that, that's that just exploded that movie. I remember I, I saw it a couple times in the theater. Just loved it. Everyone loved it. Yeah, there was nothing he could do about the ownership. He said, I mentioned it a few times because after Rocky II came out 
I made a ton of money, and then Rocky Three hit and made more than all of them. I said that I'd like to have some ownership since I invented it, and that never happened. So I have zero, none, no ownership of Rocky at all. Is that wild? Yeah, he said. Even I, the later ones, like the Rocky no. Balboa. Or, wow. Uh, he said I was. I was told it just doesn't happen. No one has it. And uh, look, they're they're giving you money, uh, giving you more money on Rocky Three. Uh, he said uh, they took their chances, and you're not entitled to it. Now, he made money off, like, points on the film, and he was directing and writing and starring. So he's, he's you know, a millionaire multi, multi-times over uh, because of the, uh, of, the, of the series. But the actual ownership of them, it's not his. He said, I never really pushed it. By the time we got around to Rocky Balboa... Which was the fifth movie or sixth movie in the series? You're better than that. Uh, yeah, that's where that, that came from. Yeah, you're better than that. That ain't you. Uh, he said, "I was in a." Wait a second. Give me a flashlight. It is you. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. Well, it's, it's pretty funny. I'm thinking about it. I'm here telling you it's not you, but then I, in the right lighting, I realized, no, it is you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just gave you the tongue lashing of your lifetime, and I'm, it's the wrong guy. But anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, he said it was in a slump. It was pretty intense. There was a great sense of finality about it. I couldn't get arrested. I was let go by my Wait, agent, it is you. <laughs> by my agency. Dropped. Fired, basically. Yeah. Asked about image rights and using his likeness to make uh, even more money from Rocky. He said <clears throat> they had 100 different licenses. Uh, they said this is all going to be put into the pot, which would have meant hundreds of millions of dollars over 45 years. And I've never seen that pot. He said it's a, it's a shocking turn of events and uh, one that Stallone remains unable to contest to this day, despite missing out. Of course, he's planning one final installment of Rocky, it says here. So I don't know. Maybe another Creed movie? Yeah, maybe. I, I really like both those Creed movies. I thought they were really well done. Um, I, I wonder if he got any money for, you remember uh, the, the Brisk commercial where they had a cartoon? Right? Yeah, the Legend Brisk, T. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, hang Legend on. T. Let, me, let me correct this. It's tonight. Uh, is the is the watch party? Did I say tomorrow? It's yeah. tonight. You're um, better than that. I'm sorry, I am better than that. But <laughs> that um, ain't you, boy. It is me. I it is you. <laughs> You're better than that. Uh, so yeah, none of that. Uh, You're better than that because he's older. His voice is pitched out a little <laughs> yeah. bit. But I tell you what, man. In in Creed, so so when when Rocky Balboa rapped, I thought, okay, we're done. Done. We're finished because the very end of the movie, and this is not giving anything away, but the very last scene of the movie is him walking away from Adrian's grave, and he kind of turns, and they have his his um, his likeness kind of dissolve. Yeah, yeah. And as he's doing it, he does this kind of wave. I was never really here. Well, he does this little wave, and I'm like, that's Rocky saying goodbye forever. I'm yeah. like, that's it. Right. It's finished, and what a beautiful way to wrap it up. It was so awesome. Steve and I love that movie. No, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's, I think it's right on the par with the original Rocky. But then they come back with Creed, and in true in true Rocky form... In that movie, even though he doesn't box, they find a way to make him fight again. And he's great. He's fighting a disease this yeah, time yeah. around. Yeah. And they and and uh, this is giving a little bit of the movie away, but going through his treatment, they're doing the they're doing the the, the training montage yeah. with the music, and I'm like, son of a bitch, they did it again. Right. And it was brilliant. They did a great. I like Creed I One it. better than Creed Two, but I but uh, still. Um... Solid, and then uh, there was a, a, at the end of the original Rocky Balboa. There was a scene where he's walking away, and he's, he has a picture of Adrian in his hands, and, and he's supposed to, the lines were supposed to be, you know, now that I look at it, you were you were unpleasant looking. <laughs> oh, stop it! <laughs> you were very plain, and I'll just chalk this up to youth. But man, whoa, <laughs> you were a disaster. 
You should have had your own cut man. Wow. Jesus now, Christ. So that's going to be tonight at 7, uh, facebook.com uh, slash MGM. I, w- I would love, oh, God, would we love, oh, we would all love to get him on the sh- We had Frank Stallone in here, and he was great. And he's. He, we know a lot of people who hang out with Sly, but uh, getting him himself, that would be huge. Now, also, speaking of Sly, uh, tomorrow in 1985, so that was what? How many years ago? 30, 50. 35 years ago? 35 years ago, <laughs> Rambo First Blood 2, Part 2, right. opened uh, Memorial Day weekend, yes. Wow. You know, okay, so I was like either 9 or 10 years old when I saw that in the movie theater. Right. With my friend. Did you sneak in? Were you no. allowed to see those kind of movies? Dude, Steve, not only did I ha- not have to sneak in, it was the first cigarette I ever smoked. It was <laughs> wow. I s- stole a cigarette from uh, one of my parents. And I brought it in there. That's not I, you. No, that was me. That was totally me. That ain't you. But I smoked the cigarette in that movie theater. In the theater? Yeah. In the movie theater. <laughs> in the mo- Dude, I was 10 years old. No, I'm years not old. saying you're yeah. 10 years old. How the hell do you get away with smoking in a movie theater? Well, it was 1985. Were, pe- were people allowed to smoke Didn't inside smoke movie anywhere, theaters? Man. They might have been in some theaters. <sighs> wow. Okay. Uh, at the yeah, at that Mall. time. Well, anyhow, I have a little bit of information about uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2. All right. If you want to know? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so Rambo, in, he transformed the title character from troubled loner into the ultimate American warrior. When First Blood took place on American soil, First Blood Part 2 moves to the action to the jungles of Vietnam, where Rambo is tasked with locating long-missing prisoners of war. And once he's back in the country... Rambo turns his covert mission into a full-fledged war, battling both Vietnamese and Russian soldiers as well as American bureaucrats, represented by Charles Napier's CIA agent Roger Murdoch. Yeah. I'm coming for you, Murdoch. <clears throat> I'm coming for you. Hey, my voice sounds good on the radio. Hey, Rambo in the morning. How's everyone doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, 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 yes. 89 degrees here in uh, the Vietnam, and we're looking at a sunny day. And don't forget, later on, we're going to play some Aerosmith. Got a new cut. <laughs> Rambo wow. in the morning. Man, my voice sounds good on the radio. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's Super Tuesday on the Rambo Show. <laughs> the Bo Show. <laughs> it's Super Tuesday. Oh, by the way, I'm going to come and cut your head off. <laughs> hey, you're the winner. You're our first caller. You get me cutting your head off. Yeah, that's what you get. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Rambo in the morning coming at you. <laughs> How we all doing? Uh, Propel, this, uh, this propelled First Blood Part 2 to a $300 million global success. Wow. As well as an unlikely animated series. I don't remember that. Me neither. Yeah, there Rambo was an animated series? Marissa, see if you can look up Rambo animated series, because I don't remember that at all. Ramby Dooby Doo? Ramby Dooby Doo? What are you doing for a Ramby snack? <laughs> I think I would. I would do it for a Ramby snack. <laughs> you want me to level that Viet Cong village? Give me a Ramby snack. Would you do it for two Ramby snacks? <laughs> uh, and also, there were three sequels. James Cameron actually were, wrote the first draft on the screenplay for yes. First Blood Part Two. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. 
dude. It's very cool. When he we're looking at it right now, it looks very intense. Yeah, it's oh, like the, GI Joe. About the animated feature. Oh, is wow. this GI Joe or is this? There's no, no, Rambo. no. It looks like GI Joe. It does. Yeah, that's yeah. Rambo. You're kidding me. Oh my God! He's skiing in sh- in, in a sleeveless shirt. He was skiing <laughs> like cliffhanger. Uh huh. Oh Jesus! It looks horrible. Wow! It was Rambo. Is it a, a, a race? The need- Force of Freedom, Episode Four. That's what we're watching. Look at him dressed in a woman. Wow! <laughs> you know that there was a theme song that went with this, and I need to hear the theme song like now. Please, right, yeah, yeah. She's working on it. She's going to get that Ooh. over to us. Rambo, Force of Freedom, Episode Four. Raise the Yamato. <laughs> By the way, the the screenplay that James Cameron wrote uh, apparently he, he wrote it for I guess First Blood. It was very similar, they say, to Steel Magnolias. Oh well, essentially, what what happens in the book in the novel, uh, he uh, Rambo kills himself. Ooh, that'd be a downer. He, he grabs the Colonel's gun. He grabs Troutman's gun and shoots himself. And Sylvester apparently make sure you're listening around two o'clock this afternoon because I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> Went to uh, uh, the director and said, "Hey Ted, uh, I need I need to talk to you about this." He said, um, "We put this character through so much, and this, and now we're going to kill him." So the director and the stars quickly filmed an alternate version where Rambo lives to fight another day. So that was the alternate version they ended up going with. I guess they put it in front of test audiences, and they liked that version better. A lot of times they do things like that, and, and oh, yeah. sometimes it's the right artistic choice to to you know have the character go out. Uh, but a, sometimes you put a character through so damn much, the yeah. audience almost says, "No, they got They have to. They have to live." And I've seen that that mistake made a number of times, like they did with uh, Ripley, um, you know, and and in the Alien series. It's just after a while, the the audience just loves the character so much they have to live. Uh, the um, the fact that he blew up a guy with a bow and arrow was what uh, would. Um, really, really attracted me to that. I was going to say something else. <laughs> uh, it was actually about the cartoon, but then I, I, I talked myself into a corner. Okay. Uh, as, so, as one might imagine. I apologize. By the way, somebody's suggesting that a great morning team would be Rambo and Cowper in the morning. <laughs> That's right. Those two, <laughs> thick. Yeah. <laughs> we rip that guy's head off? That's right, yeah. We like that? Oh, thick. Why are you, so you have a lot of product in your hair. <laughs> Uh, Rambo in the cartoon is shirtless all the time. Like he's flying a jet with no shirt on, yeah, and yeah. it makes no sense. Well, to me. it did. It did kill me in the uh, in the Rambo too. In the subsequent, the, 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 the amount of times the shirt came off, and he was, you know, <laughs> he's, he's he's flying the jet with no shirt on. By the way, John Travolta was going to be Rambo's wisecracking sidekick, Skippy, in, in uh, Rambo uh, First Blood Part Two. Skippy, give me that rope. No, his his name was all a, right. His name was Brewer, Lieutenant Brewer. Oh, man, I'm glad they didn't do that. So uh, did they make it the girl instead? Lanky but muscular guy who has a boyish good looks and hair cut so short it barely qualifies as stubble. Vietnam War is so weird. And, um, uh, <laughs> uh, which they, they felt it was, it was an extreme contrast with uh, Stallone's long-haired, low-talking hero. They ever worked together? Travolta they did, staying alive. Uh, and then also, didn't they do that? Yeah, the... he directed that. Stallone did. Oh, wait, never mind. What? Who was uh, Travolta in where everybody was uh, Russian spies and they were in Travolta they were in... and everyone? Oh, the the, the um, uh, it was spies. a comedy. Yeah, no, no. Oh, the professionals. The professionals. Or, yeah, or the experts. The experts. The experts. The experts. Yeah. Uh, by right. the way, here's the theme song. Okay, here we go. The, From uh, the animated Rambo series. Yep, here we go.
transfer. Rambo. actor that they got for him, if we can find him. of remote mountain peaks, Liberty's champion is unstoppable. Rambo. That's lame. Liberty's champion is unstoppable. <laughs> Rambo. He is known as Turbo, and the master of disguises named Cat, the honor-bound protector of the innocent. Rambo, the force of freedom. With Chinky the Wonder Cat. Oh my God! <laughs> you gonna edit me on this mission, Chinky? Oh. <laughs> Jesus. Um, it's gonna be difficult, as you might imagine. As, as, as you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. As you can imagine. <laughs> that's his sidekick. <laughs> General, this is gonna be difficult. Uh, there was a uh, a big emotional moment in Rambo Two that apparently didn't make it into the movie. The proposal? Uh, no. Uh, so. Uh, Will you be my wife? Let's see. Uh, the the gal uh, who oh, plays yes, yeah. uh, Cho Fung Bao, yeah. played by Singaporean actress Julia Nixon. Nixon. She was cute. Oh, uh, she that. was very much so. Uh, apparently uh, joins his escape attempt, and after a pitched battle with Vietnamese and Russian troops, to eventually find a quiet spot for a rare, quiet moment. Hmm. And she tells him, you look like hell, Rambo. You look like a whore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm not good with women. <laughs> Reason you're singing. <laughs> you, you look like a mess, Rambo. You look like a filthy whore. <laughs> I brought my travel backgammon kit. You want to play? <laughs> you're a mess. You're a mess and you're all uh, hurt. You're a filthy, stupid whore. <laughs> now that we make love. Love. <laughs> that's his. He, he figures that's pillow talk because he's such a blunt instrument. <laughs> Did he end up making love in that movie? I, I don't know. think so. No, I, she, I, she... I think there's the only time there's any sort of uh, sex was uh, he, he pleasured himself. Oh, stop <laughs> it. He, used, he, he wrapped a squirrel around his hand. Oh, I... Wow. <laughs> he's a lot softer. <laughs> It was in the first movie when right, he was yeah. in that cave by himself yes. for a while. Yeah. Those are rats. Oh, he used rats. No. Yeah, they're kind of wiry. What's with all these rats? Yeah. You don't want to know. <laughs> Trout. Yeah, Richard McKenna. The, the uh, man yeah, who yeah, pleasure yeah. himself with the rats. Yeah. <laughs> He'll eat things that a billy goat won't. You better get some body bags and some rats. <laughs> What's the rats for? You don't want to know. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, Steve, right, so, getting back to the uh, to the animated series real quick. The, yeah. the voice of John Rambo was Neil Ross. He was also in American Tale, uh, Fievel Goes West. He's done a, a lot of voice acting. Was the years. voice of Fievel Rambo's voice? No, no, no. He was the voice Sarah of another character. Out there. <laughs> but Charlie's James, in the bush. Oh, James Avery was in it, too. Uncle Phil from uh, from Fresh Prince. Wow. And, uh, and Don LaFontaine was the narrator. Oh, there you go. The classic voiceover guy of all time, Don LaFontaine. That's in the a world. Yeah. yeah. That's Don LaFontaine. Wow. 
All right, I know we're going to wrap it up, Case, but hang on. I want, I want to finish the story of this this tender scene with yeah. Rambo. Um, so she tells him, You're you look like <laughs> you look like hell, Rambo. She tells him that before tenderly kissing, no, oh. not kissing, no, before tenderly asking where he plans to go once he finds a way out of Vietnam. The Great Wolf Lodge. Uh, he's capable. Well, why not? <laughs> America by the pool. Uh, which is America by way of Thailand. Ah. Taking charge, she invites herself along and seals the invitation with a kiss. Ah. Okay. It says, uh, it goes without saying that Rambo's normally stoic face registers surprise and maybe even a little fear at this compassionate gesture. And apparently Stallone wrote that small love story. Uh, and uh, they decided not to go with it in the uh, in the movie. And you know what else? One last thing I know. Uh, Ronald Reagan was a huge fan of Rambo. Everyone was at that time. They, they, the movies just thundered at the box office. The first one, though, actually didn't, was okay. Yeah. Had a decent reception. But from the second one on, huge. Throughout the, the summer of 1985, Reagan... Come on, dude, kiss her. Uh, Reagan <laughs> made numerous references to the film as it continued to rake in uh, multiplex money. They also called me Rambo a lot of times, Preston. Well, I think it came from him liking this right. so much. In June, for example, Reagan announced the release of 39 hostages uh, from TW Flight 847. I'm coming for you. He said, uh, after seeing Rambo last night, I know what to do next time this happens. And three months later, he again referenced uh, Stallone's alter ego. Mommy, put my bandana on. While discussing his tax reform plan, he said, when I think of all the good people who've pleaded with the federal government for years to clean up our tax structure, I'm reminded of a recent very popular movie. (laughs) And in the spirit of Rambo, let me tell you, we're going to win this time. So Reagan... Would uh, big would, fan would quote him from time to time. Yeah, I also like that movie. Vice versa. Oh, where the kid? <laughs> with the... That's a hoot. Yeah, <laughs> Judge Reinhold. And then Mac and me, where they do the song number at the McDonald's. Oh, okay. Well, you liked a lot of things, Mr. President, I guess. so. Some better than others. Did you ever listen to Rambo in the morning? No, absolutely. Yeah, Great man. show. Yeah, I was always calling in, but I never won. <laughs> All right, anyhow, some facts about uh, Rambo. And anyhow, uh, Rocky, t- tonight at uh, 7 o'clock, Stallone is going to be hosting a watch party. And it's go, go to Facebook.com slash MGM. That should be pretty pretty cool, man. Thank you. Get some insight into the film. Yep. All right, we got a break. We'll be back in a moment. HD. It ain't just for your TV anymore. Use your HD radio to hear the best-sounding MMR there is. Plus, enjoy MMR HD 2, the MMR Archives channel. Everything that rocks never sounded so good. Hey, one of the things uh, that is part and parcel with uh, Memorial Day weekend, because it's kind of, you know, it's when summer gets started, not on the calendar, you know, officially, but nonetheless, people celebrate it, is uh, grilling, getting outside, cooking outside. And we've got Uncle Preston's grilling tips for you this morning. Oh, I love that. So if you do have any questions, I think if you if you want to get through and, and anything that specifically you're at, you're, you're actually, you're a, you're a very solid griller. It's what you love to do. So, yeah. Uh, and, and you can break it down into terms. Obviously, Case, you, you, you're, how's your grilling game? No, it's terrible. Okay. Um, I'm just, I'm not that great. Um, but I do prefer, I, I think, grilling with uh, gas than I do charcoal. And there are people who are, you know, on other, the other side of the fence on that. And the only reason I like the gas grill is because... And I was going to ask you about this, Press, is is I can sort of 
um, manipulate the temperature a little bit better yes. than with, with uh, charcoal. There's a way to do it with, with charcoal. I'm not a charcoal guy either because it's not as convenient as the as the, gas, as the girls are. <laughs> and it, as, as Rambo knows, it stinks. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you can... You can move the coals around, and you can have indirect heat and still not... You, you, you can control it to some extent. Okay, okay. Not the overall heat of the, the temperature. Now, if you play with it for a while and you know how much uh, charcoal to use after you've done it for years, you can start to figure these things out. But it, you gotta, you got to spend time doing it. Right. But uh, but I've, I've never been into that. I, I've done charcoal cooking before, but I, I prefer using gas because it is more convenient. Um, so one of the things that I'm going I'm to make sure... That you're aware of if you're a novice griller is you got to keep the grill clean. That's one of the most important things that you can do. Clean the yes. grill. You got to clean it. You got to okay. scrape it. You can get a brush. I know. Now, you, I, I've thought about this ever since you told me about your wife's hesitation to using a grill brush on the grill because um, the ones that are that are made of uh, like a, a metal, the, the, the bristles are made of metal. Sometimes the bristles can break off. In fact, they do quite often. It's like shrapnel. If they get in the food, you can swallow that mm-hmm. stuff and it can end up in your body and yeah. they can never find it and cause infection and things like that. And I don't like that. It can be dangerous. So what I do, I do use a, a grill brush like that. But after I, I, I scrape the grill with that... I take a paper towel and I wipe down the grill so I make sure that there's no, uh, okay. there's nothing there that I might have missed. Or give the first food you cook on that grill to your family you first. Can do that yeah. too. And this way you, you can protect yourself. Preston, when you use the paper towel, do you um, put a little bit of oil on the paper towel? Yes, that's yeah, a really good thing to do. And plus you want to make sure that the grill is oiled. That was going to be the next thing to mention. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm learning so much right now. Yeah, you want to make sure that the grill is oiled. And also I put oil on... The meat that I'm going to grill, too. Okay. Like sure STP or what? No. Uh, 5W30 is a good one. Uh, no, a lot of times I'll take uh, just like a, a spray, cooking spray, and spray yeah. it right on top of All the right. burgers, on the steak, whatever it is. I hit it with a little shot of that, and that'll help it uh, not only cook thoroughly, uh, but also keep it from sticking on the grill. All right. So my grill, I think, needs a uh, major... My grill. My grill. My grill. <laughs> talking about my grill. My grill. Kathy. Yeah. Uh, Nailed it. Um, <laughs> so, no, no, uh, it needs a, uh, like a big time cleaning. And I was wondering if I could or possibly should use my power washer to do that. Um, on the. There's on, some gunk. On the grate? Yeah, I could, yeah. Take, I could take the grates Absolutely. off. Absolutely. Okay. Sure. Yeah, most definitely. You can do that. Uh, just as long as it's not, you know, on the grill at the time. <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, so yeah. that, that well, might be a problem. M- make sure also because you, you would not want to blow off any. You know, protective enamel or anything, or and you know, I, I don't know how the grills are on, on the grill. You should be fine. Okay. They're, they're usually either cast iron or they're yeah, okay. uh, some kind of stainless steel, or I, I don't know what the or radium materials are made of, or radium. Okay, yeah, adds a little adamantium flavor. Maybe. Um, so that that's important. Make sure your grill's in good condition and right. ready to go. When you uh, when you're going to cook, uh, let's go with burgers. Okay, burgers are a standard, obviously. So to get the best flavor from burgers, you want to choose meat that has a high fat content in it. There's no there's no two ways about it. No a- a- every chef we've ever had on the show, and Bobby Flay from everybody on says the flavor is in. Yeah, that. So if fact. you see if you see like ninety five percent lean beef, don't get that. Suck it. You, yeah, exactly. Sticks. <laughs> it does. It absolutely does. Uh, um, like I've had bison burgers, you know, and, and stuff that are, is really lean. Yeah, and they're not bad, but no, they, they're okay. They, it's not like like a like a burger burger. Yep, yep. That's like what a you burger want. meister. Uh, All right, well, then why do they even make that then? 
If it's because it's okay, it's less. Somebody bad. has to kill them. Well, no, there's there's less calories, but some people are yeah. more concerned about that than they are about you okay. know a really good juicy yummy burger. <sighs> um. So and, and also another thing is is when you make the patties is not to overwork the meat too much. You do want to pat it into patties, but if you uh, if you squish it and mush it and do all this stuff, it's kind of it, it it's going to make the texture um uh too uh thick, too too firm. Too you thick. want it to be looser, a little yeah, bit looser, a little looser, yes, exactly. not falling apart. You want it to retain its shape but you don't want to treat it like you're trying to crush a diamond out of it. Exactly. And also, and this, Steve, I think you've mentioned this before. Maybe it was from Bobby Flay. Maybe he told us, but you want to put a little indent in the yeah. top uh, because the way burgers, if you ever cook burgers on the grill, you'll see they, they come out kind of, they shrink up a little bit and the top puffs up a little mm-hmm. and it, and it makes it smaller. If you put a little indent in it, uh, number one, it'll come out flat on the top and it won't shrink as much. All right, so from what I understand, that's the case. And the juice keeps it juicier, does it not? Uh, it can, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you're going to flip the burger, so the, the juice is going to run out uh, eventually. But And one of the things I recommend, too, is, um, is, is seasoning properly. Get yourself a good seasoning and don't be stingy with it. Um, you can do salt and pepper, and that's great. If you want a good basic flavor, good salt and pepper. Use kosher salt. It's a little thicker uh, than your regular table salt, and it's, um, it just it, it, it has a better... Um, um, prominence in your mouth. We've used the kosher salt pressed, and, and it, it really is good. It's great. Yeah. And uh, I recommend, actually, a seasoning that I love is from Texas Roadhouse. You can buy their steak seasoning there. Right. And I, I douse it on, on burgers. It tastes fantastic. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, you know, I put, I put the seasoning on. Do they sell on, it at the, at the stores? Uh, they, yeah, the you, can, you, you can get them at their locations, and I think that's really good. But, you know, there's Lowry seasoning salts. There's other ones that you can do. That don't be afraid to season the meat. What it's, about Epsom salt? Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. Okay, but to each his own, <laughs> if you will. Um, another thing you want to keep in mind is uh, making sure that the meat that you're going to cook is uh, you've let sit out at room temperature. It's not too cold All right. when you throw it on the grill. Otherwise, it's going to take forever for it to cook. Right, and it's going to be hard for it to um, uh, to get that doneness. That even you want. are you talking about steaks in particular? Or are you yeah. talking about like hamburgers too? Steaks, burgers. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, if you really want a rare burger, then you might want to have it cold. Uh, right. But I know you like yours cooked well. Uh, I'm, I'm a medium guy with, okay. my, with my burgers. So let let the meat sit out and come to room temperature. A little less so with with poultry, I think, because poultry has a you know reputation for going bad if it yeah. sits out too long. But anyhow. Um, that's another tip. What else did I want to mention? To what about you guys? vegetables? Because we're going to try. We're going to oh. be. Uh, we're going to be grilling vegetables. Love them. And, Love. Uh, that's something that I've always loved about. Because uh, we've only had our our, our, our Weber grill. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sequoia. Uh, for uh, this will be the second year, and, and now we're really get the chops on it. But I love grilled vegetables. I've, I like throwing them right on the grill. You can certainly do that. And, Did you do the Reynolds wrap thing uh, or no? Well, not no, not for not for uh, uh, just grilled vegetables. So by the way, just um, uh, olive oil, salt, and pepper. That's all you need for vegetables. You're good to go with right. that. Now, what you might want to consider is they do sell these grilled baskets that you can get. I've seen and those. You can put those directly on the grill, and you don't have to worry about things like asparagus falling through the grill right. and going into the fire, yeah. and then you lose it because some of that stuff will shrink up. Same sort of thing you use for fish? Uh, yeah, similar yeah. to that. All yeah. Right. So get a, get a grill basket. Okay. That's, that's definitely worth having so you can grill uh, vegetables on the grill. Marissa's smiling. Hang on a second here. Uh, the grill basket probably doesn't have a handle 
table that isn't metal. So as somebody who <laughs> burned her hand nasty oh years mm-hmm. ago, um, please be careful with okay. yeah. the baskets. Use, use your mouth. Uh, use your mouth or your oven. <laughs> <laughs> because a plastic handle would obviously melt. Yeah. Use your teeth. Your teeth uh, won't feel the heat. I recommend getting one made for the grill. Uh, so that shouldn't come with a plastic handle Exactly. On it. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. But just be cautious. Okay. People have had accidents before. Um, so I really want to hear from Kathy on her grill tips. And also an, another thing. We real, have a basket. <laughs> real quick about, about grilling is really fatty stuff like burgers. And uh, if you get uh, cuts of meat, like say, uh, like a New York strip that has a big chunk of fat on the side of it. When fat is, is heated on the grill, the fat drips, goes down into the burners, and that causes the flare-ups. That causes, that's why if you step away for like three minutes and you come back outside and there's just smoke pouring everywhere, that's because the fat is catching on fire. So what you can do is if a lot of times grills will have separate burners, like I have a three-burner system, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you can crank two of them up really hot, gets the inside really hot, and then you put the meat over where the burner that isn't on is. Okay, and that's indirect? Indirect, and that way you don't have to worry about the flare-ups from, from the grease. Or what I also like to do is I, I get the, the grill really hot, like over 500 degrees, really, really hot. I'll throw the steaks on, basically sear them, and then I bring the temperature down to like 400 and close the lid and let it cook that way. So you get it, you get, it kind of sears in the, okay. uh, the juice. Um, so hopefully, um, what's the best way to scrape the fire suppressant off of the meat? <laughs> uh, like a, a fire power washer. A power washer. Yeah, yeah that's the best way. <laughs> uh, so you can also use grill pans. And Steve, if you want to, uh, if you're if you're cooking, uh, uh, say like salmon steaks or something yes, like yeah. that, um, you can or just straight up salmon. You can put some. Uh, you can put some uh, um, Reynolds wrap down or some yeah some foil, right. uh, aluminum foil, and cook on that. I, I will do fish on the grill that we, way sometimes. We tried because they had the pre-treated um, and uh, I think we got them even at Sequoia as well. As well. The, um, the the pre-treated uh, cedar planks. You can get those at any grocery store. Okay, Acme yeah, has yeah, yeah, them. Yeah. And the thing about those is. You need to soak them in water for at least an hour. Okay. So you fill up the sink with water, and you don't just throw them and let them float on top. you got to put something heavy on top of them and sink them underwater. Otherwise, they're going to burn. Um, so, And what we'll do is when we do cedar plank salmon is I'll put the, uh, you put the, uh, the salmon steaks on, on the cedar plank. You put the cedar plank on the grill, and then I'll take like a, um, like a cake pan or something like that and put it over the top of the salmon to cook the top. It'll keep that smoke, yeah, in, or, or that that smoke that's coming off of the uh, the cedar plank in there, and really flavor up that that meat nicely. If you use firecrackers, can you get it to heat up quicker? Uh, probably a lot right. quicker. Yes, uh, I'm not good at this. Uh, <laughs> another thing you want to do is if you're going to marinate stuff. Um, and I've done this in the past before where you marinate like for six or eight hours or something like that. If you really, really want that flavor, you can get it. But it can also kind of soften up the meat a little bit. It breaks down the tissue some. So you don't want to marinate over like two hours uh, or something those li- uh, along those lines. And if you've never tried a dry rub, dry rubs are great. Too. Oh, quick quick question. Yeah. Have you ever barbecued uh, Impossible or Beyond Burger Meat? Not barbecued, no. Okay. Um, so I'm curious as to how well that holds together. So we did. I, we did, and it tasted good. I, I did notice one thing about the Beyond Burgers barbecued is that the the meat color doesn't. There's no. It's harder to judge when it's 
ready. Yeah. Not that you're going to have, you know, you're going to get raw. Right. Yeah. You're not going to have to worry about right. that. Right. Yeah. But but uh, it's it's a harder thing, I was wondering. But okay. Yeah, that I don't know. Preston, um, when, when it comes to uh, marinating, um, something that I learned last week as well was that, that I never knew before, um, a grilled shrimp. Uh, you do not want to marinate shrimp for more than like half hour, 45 minutes, because if you do, it really messes with the texture. And yeah, they uh, come back to life. <laughs> they do? Yeah. Yeah. So so any kind of seafood, I assume, is problematic. No, no, no. Not any kind of seafood, but but shrimp in particular really? and, and okay. shellfish. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, there are seafoods that, uh, that that I have never really tried on the grill, but, but definitely shrimp is one of them. That's one you want to either do in a basket or on skewers. 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 Now, when I when I barbecue peas, do I put each pea on the skewer separately? Yes, you yeah. do want to do that. And by the way, your skewers, uh, you need to soak in water just like the cedar plank as well. See, I don't th- see that. Those that's good advice because I don't think like even with the, with the cedar plank. I think when we attempted to do it, I don't think we soaked the the plank. Yeah, you got to do and that. And it did burn. It did burned it quite quickly. Well, it didn't catch on fire, but it was clear it was it was burning. Um, so let me see what else I didn't, I didn't write down any specific stuff that I wanted to mention. Oh, I will share my, my favorite recipe for, for grilling. And I've, and I've mentioned this before and it does involve vegetables and Nick has made it before, but I, I highly recommend you try this out. My mom and dad always made it when I was a kid. My family loves it. It's just, it's onions and potatoes are the basic part of it. You can leave the onions out if you want to, I like it. but you take foil you cut up onions into, um, you know, kind of like a dice, maybe a little bit bigger than a dice, and um, you you put the you you put the, the the potato on the the foil. You add about a tablespoon of butter, maybe more butter if you want to, salt and pepper, or any seasoning like those Lowry seasoning salts and stuff will work in there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. You wrap up the foil packet, uh, make sure it's sealed nicely. You grill it on the on the grill. I go for about. 400 to 425 degrees. Anything above that, you're going you're gonna to start to burn. Um, and it's 20 minutes on the grill. I set a timer for five minutes. I flip it over four times, and that's it. Comes off, that. and it stays hot for a long time. You can make that first. Set it aside. Set it and forget it. Yeah. Just like the uh, Showtime grill. And wait till later on. And that's also a way to cook corn, too, and still keep it hot. And it will stay that way, I mean, for a couple of hours easily. So you just... Corn on the cob and in... corn on the cob in the husk. You just keep it on. You just wrap foil in it. 400, 425 degrees on the grill. Rotate it every five minutes, about a quarter turn. Take it off. It'll stay hot for like an hour, so you can cook your other wow. things. And then when that's done, you pull out the uh, uh, the corn and then you shuck it. And it's hand shucked, by the way. And um, <laughs> you can and uh, and it'll stay hot, and I, and I love that. And it's it's really juicy because it's cooked in in the husk and in the silk and all that stuff. All right, what's the what's the most interesting or uh, I don't want to say odd, uh, but um, but interesting odd thing that you can and or and or have cooked on the grill? Hamster. Uh, <laughs> freaking do it, man. <laughs> Pizza. Yeah. Yep. Like yep. like not from like uh, reheating or actual straight up. No, actual actual straight up pizza. Yeah. Uh, so you can get you can buy pizza dough, mm-hmm. um, and you put some oil on the on the underside of it, or you, you coat either side of it with a little bit of oil. Um, and you can do it directly on the grill, uh, or you can do it on a, on foil or, or something like that. But it's you, you follow pretty much standard pizza procedures. Do How- they have do they have uh, things that approximate? I know that you can have a brick oven built, and you can buy a big brick oven barbecue setup. Do they have things that sit on the grill that approximate a brick oven? 
cooking? Not that I know of. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you can you can get like griddles, small griddles and right. stuff like that if, you, if you're going to literally cook pancakes on there or something. So at uh, Sequoia Outback, they had the guy from Weber, I think, was there. And he was, and this stuff tasted great. He was grilling pound cake. Oh, yum. Holy um, hell was yum. that good. That sounds good. Yeah. Marissa? Case, I recommend grilling romaine lettuce and making like a warm Caesar salad. It's okay. fantastic. Yeah, like yeah. cut it in half. Yeah, you, t- you take the whole head of romaine, especially uh-huh. the smaller ones, cut them in half, you grill those, and then you can either put some you know Caesar salad dressing on there or, uh, Marissa... Uh, just some lemon and Parmesan, and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Do you know what he did as well yeah. for a dessert thing? He was grilling Krispy Kreme uh, donuts. Yeah. Oh, really? You put them on the grill. Who? And it's like, yeah, that's, that's oh, awesome. Nice. Yeah. No. Grilled no. lettuce sounds like cooked fruit to me. <laughs> like, like warm lettuce sounds disgusting. No, I, do, I can't. It, I it can't sounds. It, it sounds weird. Also, a little olive oil. I, I left that part out. You want to put a little oil on it first, but no, I'm sorry, Kathy. You, it sounds. You weird. shuck the. Uh, <laughs> that's not the, hand shucked. Uh, no, uh, but no, do you no, put you, the whole head of romaine lettuce on there, or it, do you? You, you can buy it, and uh, the neck. You can buy uh, <laughs> packaged romaine lettuce heads. Okay, like in the same place you get like bagged uh, salads. Okay. okay, and they're thinner. They're smaller. They're not that big, huge, leafy right. uh, romaine lettuce head because I think some of that could burn. So anyhow, then the way you serve it is. That whole half of that that head, you just put on the plate like that. Excuse mm-hmm. me, where can and I then, get head? And then you can uh, then you can cut it crosswise, okay, uh, with your with your knife and fork, and it and it turns turns out great. I love the, even stuff that I don't routinely like when barbecued. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it'll skip up uh, dramatically. Yeah, oh, we're looking a, at is that what you're talking about? There's a the, picture of it okay. right there. Yeah, that looks sensational. It is excellent. Good call, Marissa. Preston, um, you ever grill artichokes? Uh, no. That's Do you like good. artichokes? I love artichokes. Yeah, I, a friend of mine gave me a recipe, and uh, it turned out great. And it's really simple, uh, just a, a basic, like, some garlic salt, um, butter, you know, salt and pepper, that kind of thing. Um, but it does not take long, and uh, it turns out really well. Okay. Same thing with arugula. Uh, What's arugula? It's a vegetable. Vegetable. <laughs> Wait a minute. So do you, you cut the artichoke in half? Yeah, you can cut them in half, or you can actually like um, pull them down to, like, the, to the stems almost um, and have, like, individual uh, artichoke leaves or i don't yeah. even know what you would call them so we we there's a, a recipe we did it's it's not grilling it's a microwave so you take an artichoke head you wrap it in um like uh um cling foil like uh, uh, a cling saran, uh, saran wrap. wrap like saran wrap okay? okay put it in the microwave for six minutes take it out it's gonna be really hot it's steamed inside of that you unwrap it and then you just pull one leaf at a time, Nick. Yeah. Dip it in a little bit of butter, and you eat just the tip, uh, the base of the, just the tip. Mm, <laughs> uh, the base of, of the leaf. Tip. It's excellent, and it's just a little thing that you can kind of pick at. And right. Eat. But eventually you get to the middle of that where the heart is, and it gets all really fibrous. It's really, ugh. It's really it, nasty. It's, it's a delicate process. You have it to, is. You have to put it in your mouth, and then like, you use your teeth, and then yeah. they, they slowly pull it out of your mouth, and then the, the meat is left behind in your mouth. And, Sorry uh, about that, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kathy, there's a lot of people that are texting in and calling in with grilled fruit ideas. Oh, God, no. Which would disgust 100% you. 100% out. Uh, grilled pineapple no. is excellent. Yeah. Uh, somebody here, Josh, I, I we love... We really have to... Um, we have to buzz all through this. We, we really got to get... Uh, oh, we got to wrap. Yeah. Uh, Josh, what do you want to say? Yeah, I just wanted to call on and say uh, the grilled peaches is phenomenal. Yeah, grilled peaches. Brown, a little brown sugar on top. Ooh. Grill it on, on real high heat. It's phenomenal. All right, I got to try. I've, I've only I haven't done it with the sugar on there. I will definitely try that. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, 
Yeah, no problem, guys. See you uh, later. Cool, man. Well, listen, uh, it's all we have time for. That okay. Oh, man. Well, I was going to say, if you want to go to these callers, I can put a timer on it and, um, you know, give them like 15, 20 seconds each. But, Some uh, good stuff here. Uh, yeah. yeah, somebody. No, I'm just going to mention these. Ed says, de-husk de the corn, wrap it in foil with some sugar. Oh. That's interesting. Uh, there oh. are pizza stones, Tucker says, that you can get for cooking on the grill. Uh, Michelle says, put cheese and bacon on top of the grilled potatoes. Ooh. I think I have one of those pizza stones. Uh, you do? It's perfectly clean. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone wants it. And then Todd says you make ice cube burgers. Some say that if you take a, uh, if you take the ground beef and you put an ice cube in the center of it uh, and cook it, it comes out nice and like uh, juicy and rare in the middle. Really? Uh, so you can try it's the that. The juiciest well. ice cube I've ever eaten. Or you can take a big chunk of cheese and put Ooh. that in. I, I do do that. Okay. Yeah, I, I do, make these. Do. I make uh, jalapeno burgers, and I, I call it a burger bomb. I love it. Uh, and yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, grilling tips for your holiday weekend. Hopefully wow. you get something out of that. Kind of connoisseur. Oh, I wow. So. I didn't yep. even do the intro. Well, All right. Next time. Well, listen, we got to take a break. We're going to come back in a second. We still got more of the show to go. Bizarre File Stories are on the way. Stuff to give away. Tell you about it when we get back. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them, too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. Well, a raunchy couple took advantage of the practically empty transit system in New York City to get freaky on a subway platform. Mm. There's a new nearly two-minute-long clip filmed by a chuckling onlooker from across the tracks. And it appears to show a man and a woman in throes of passion on the platform on the Flushing Avenue station in Brooklyn. Oh, that's where I'd do it. So she's bent over, yeah. leaning against a uh, like a column, and he's just going to town. Of course. And I mean, you guy, wouldn't want to lay down on that. The guy who's filming it can be heard saying, yeah, I don't care. I don't mind that S. That S is like Pornhub to me. Yeah. And he looks over, and the man <laughs> is sticking out his tongue and flashes the, the devil horns. He said, this is New York City. You can see everything. You hear? He said, oh, and he, I can't really explain this. Oh, this is pleasant. I'm really enjoying this. No, he's sitting there going, the guy finished. He's like, oh, oh. my God, he finished. I can't even concentrate with this. And he goes, have a good one, bro. <laughs> well, is that sort of like uh, the civil disobedience that Gandhi instructed us to do? Maybe. Right. Sources say he was a construction worker, the guy filming from a near, from doing nearby street work. Well, something was erected. <laughs> uh, and he shouts for a walking away laughing. It's unclear when the video was shot, but in a bid to stop the spread of uh, coronavirus, the MTA has contracted more cleaners, rolled out uh, virus-killing ultraviolet lamps, and even taken the unheard-of step of suspending uh, service overnight to disinfect trains. Asked about the lewd public display it was awesome. of affection, the MTA <laughs> Took pride in the cleanliness of its stations, but still discouraged people from getting down on the underground. A grisly head injury happened after one wrong step. A guy named Kamel oh Abdel Rahman was on a construction site in April checking out how an apartment he was building for his family was progressing. He slipped and he fell onto iron rods. So Rahman hurt his noodle? On the floor below. As I was falling, he said, I thought I would die. But when I landed, I realized I was still alive and I didn't even feel any pain. Jeez. The rod went through his head. Oh, oh my Jesus. God. Uh, Raman, who lives outside of Jerusalem, told today that uh, he was still talking. 
No, he was completely losing. Wow. Uh, Robin's brother called an ambulance and the fire department. It took an hour to detach the iron rod penetrating his head, during which Robin was totally functioning and saw a big crowd watching. The next thing he remembers is waking up after his surgeries. Uh, Dr. Samuel uh, uh, Muscovici. Uh, said, I remember his face and the rod penetrating his head from side to side. Jeez. But when you see a patient in this condition, you need to take care of him and to decide on a plan and management. I didn't think about whether he would survive or not. It's much more simple. I convinced myself that he would survive, and we did everything to reach that goal. His first concern was the carotid arteries, which supply blood to the brain. Scans of his head revealed the rod which entered behind his left ear and exited through his right forehead, uh, came within millimeters of the carotid arteries but passed between them and did not damage them. How the hell? How the hell? It's the reason he survived. He wasn't wasn't surprised that the patient was conscious for a while after the accident, noting that people with head trauma can have lucid intervals before deteriorating. When Raman was stable and doctors understood the exact position of the rod, they removed it during a surgery. It took about 15 hours. Now, his skull base was completely fragmented, and his cerebrospinal fluid was leaking through his nose and mouth, which could have caused infection, bleeding, and death. So the doctor used an endoscope inserted through his nose, implemented tissue from the patient's leg to close the big hole in his skull base. That surgery lasted more than 10 hours. And two weeks after his injury, uh, the doctor described him as being in perfect neurological condition with no psychological or intellectual changes. And more than a month after his uh, injury... Ramadan has returned to his usual routine, including fasting for Ramadan this month. So it's unbelievable. But when he sneezes, it sounds like a piccolo now, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> All right, and then uh, since we ran so late, I'm just going to do one more story. Yeah. I apologize. But police in, Mass- in a Massachusetts town have urged the public to use caution after witnesses reported a monkey on the loose. In, Ma- mon- in Massachusetts? Massachusetts, yes. <laughs> Tewksbury police said just before noon on Monday they received a phone call from a resident reporting what appeared to be a monkey in the tree line of their backyard. Police said they used ATVs and drone units to try and locate the animal, but they could not. How about them bananas? Uh, Animal control has set up cameras and traps in the area to identify the animal and relocate it to a safe location. Where did the monkey come from? They don't know. Police said anyone who sees the animal is asked not to approach it or feed it. Uh, The Shawnee Animal Hospital wrote wrote on their Facebook page, don't touch the monkey. <laughs> Monkeys can be, advice. can be dangerous <laughs> and can carry herpes B virus, uh, which can be fatal to humans, by the way. So, Trying to get to Rhode Island. Yeah, the uh, monkey's got herpes, don't touch him. And there you go, that's what I have in the bizarre file That's effed up. All right, we're going to take a break. So stay with us, we'll be back in just a moment. What's new? Why do you ask? Dropkick Murphys. Foo Fighters, Black Pumas, new music, more of everything that rocks. I'm 93.3 WMMR. It's Nick McElwain in for Preston and Steve. The boys are off. They'll be back tomorrow. Casey and Kathy and Marissa and I will all be here doing a live show tomorrow morning, And uh, but today we're doing some best of stuff, so... We're going to continue those with the trash and the uh, music news in just a moment or two. Uh, but Robin Lee is here. She has one more. Are we done no, with traffic? We're, we're done we with traffic. We're done with traffic. You knocked it out of the park today, Robin. Thank so you. Uh, it is hot and humid today, uh, high of 94, and then same tomorrow, high 95. 
feels like 100 degrees, but uh, we're going to get you through. We're going to have some great music. Uh, Brent Porsche is going to be in, in a little bit later in for Pierre today, but uh, now we're going to hit the trash. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. And the Hollywood Trash brought to you by A.D. Moyer. Higher quality building materials, fair prices, and trusted experts since 1939. Jennifer Grey will star in a secret project for Lionsgate, which is rumored to be a sequel, Kathy, to Dirty Dancing. The now 60-year-old Grey will reprise her original role in the film, which is titled Dirty Diaper Dancing. Oh, my God. Johnny Depp testifying in a British court yesterday that he often told then-wife Amber Heard that doing nude scenes would ruin her reputation as an actress. Depp also recommended that Heard, quote, ixnay on the ooping in the Ed Bay. Hey! <laughs> and finally, the Czech Film Festival got off to a start on Friday with an empty auditorium and a star-free red carpet. In other words, it was just like last year's Czech Film Festival. <laughs> And that's Hollywood trash. We have to stroll the halls of the Justine Institute because there have been developments over the past few days at the JSI, uh, and we need to make you aware of those. 200 sprawling acres located in West Virginia. Established in 1921, the Justine Institute provides information of no importance to morning (laughs) shows around the world. Well, we need that in our lives. Uh, So, researchers both surveyed 1,892 drivers and based answers that they have to this to determine that, uh, this is according to two recent studies, by the way, if you drive an expensive car, you may be a man and you may be a jerk as well. So, that's according to the uh, the two surveys that were done. Uh, I think we've all seen empirical evidence that suggests that can be true. It can be true. Uh, You know, are we talking, when we're talking like an expensive car, are we talking a Lamborghini? Are we talking a high-end Porsche? Not all the way up to that level. So they they have determined, based on their answers, that, quote, self-centered men who are argumentative, stubborn, disagreeable, and unempathetic are much more likely to own a high-status car, such as an Audi, BMW, or Mercedes. And are more likely to engage in sex trafficking, right? Uh, well, they, they left that part out. Oh, if okay. they did indeed do that part of the study, it's not in uh, <laughs> what we have at the JSI. <laughs> right. Uh, the second study found that those driving pricey vehicles were less likely to stop for pedestrians who were trying oh to cross gosh. the road. I saw a guy, yes, no, the day before, uh, and he was in, listen... It doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it was a, a higher-end, sort of really ultra-sporty-looking BMW. Apparently, BMW no longer includes signal devices on their cars. Wow. He was that. weaving in and out yeah, in yeah. a very dangerous way, and it, it just, it's like, it, you almost confirm, oh yeah, there you go. I know, and, and listen, and there are people who will do them in cheaper cards, Absolutely. Too, but... The people in the expensive expensive cars stand out they more do. to me. They do, yeah. Than, than You're exactly do. right, and so mm-hmm. that's why we think that way. You yep. know what? I forget where I was, but it annoys me when it was raining the other day, and somebody was crossing the street um, at an intersection, and the car just went right through. Like, if you ever drive down the shore, if somebody's coming through the crosswalk, like, you stop. Yes. Yeah. Why yeah. is it not like that everywhere? It is. It's the law is that. Whenever it's, there's a pedestrian. it's not. <laughs> pedestrians have the right of way. Bottom but, line. But it's not, and, and they just, like, all the cars can 
kept going, and the person was standing on the side of the road in the rain, and I was like, I stopped, and, like, the car behind me, it was probably, like, two or three cars behind me, like, honked the horn, but it was like I was letting this person go. And it was a crosswalk, right? That's I the mean, thing. it was an intersection. I don't know if there was a crosswalk there. Okay. You but it was to... like a like an intersection where there wasn't a stop sign. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, he was at a corner, but he was in the rain. You know, maybe if it was a sunny day, I wouldn't have felt as bad. But right. it was raining out. The guy needs to get across the street. And the person honked behind you. It was like you... two or three cars behind, so maybe they didn't know what was going on. But like, still, you know, yeah. it was yeah. raining. I was letting the guy walk across the street. Yeah. Quick, quick question pertaining to that scenario: When someone is crossing the street, say like up here on City Line, you go down, you make a left on City Line, and someone is walking across the crosswalk. Yeah. I let them get like, and I'm making a left, yeah. and they're crossing. I let them get like eighty percent across, eighty five percent, like almost right to the side, going. and then you start going, sure, mm-hmm. just to keep traffic moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm the same right. way. And if if it's a it's a wide lane like City Avenue is here, if, if there are you know several lanes, yes, if they are going the same direction you are, let's say I'm making a left turn, the light turns green. I clearly will make that turn well before they can get to where they're going to be. Exactly. So she can make that turn. I think turn. that's right, right? Yeah. Legally, yeah. I think you know what I'm talking yeah, about. I mean, but, so you may kill somebody here and there, but for the most part. Well, so, okay, let me just tell you, let me give you another scenario. So in Conshohocken, um, it, on Fayette Street, it's two lanes. So if you, uh, and there are crosswalks, and this actually happened. It was a terrible, terrible story. Um, but a, somebody, a, a car was letting a little girl cross the street, mm-hmm. and they, they waved her to go. She was at a crosswalk, and the person behind them, didn't know what they were doing, and they went around into that left lane, and they ended up hitting the girl, and she was critically injured. But you know what I mean? That's also what you think, too, is like, okay, well, I'm going to let this person go, but you better hope that everybody behind you knows what's happening. I know. You need to to drive where where people are going to be aware of you. That's why I think you should drive on the sidewalk, because (laughs) people will be more aware of you. The reaction will be that much more. Here comes the BMW. Oh, my God. So the results of this uh, people not letting pedestrians cross the road thing, uh, the result is based on filming volunteers crossing a road hundreds of times and observing that drivers of flashy cars were less able to empathize with pedestrians, perhaps feeling a sense of superiority over the other uh, road users. Yeah. So the really superior people out on the road, Preston, are being driven by people in the back of limo. (laughs) So as, as much as you think your S doesn't stink, it's those people who are the better off. Let me go to, uh, Jesus. Jesus, good morning. Good morning. How you doing today? Sorry to bother you at work. No, it's all good, buddy. What's up? Yeah, I'm a truck driver, uh, fuel tanker. I'm a local driver. Yeah. And I'm I'm running up and down in 95 all day, every day, and I get caught off by BMW drivers without signaling, and they're always brake-checking me. It's ridiculous. Uh, and, you, and you notice that yeah. that brand of car more so than others doing it? Yes, sir. So, hey, uh, so, do, do... All the time. You know how many times I almost get hit by them, especially when they're merging in? Yeah. There's no space for them to come in? It's yeah. ridiculous. They don't care. Let me let me ask you something, and Preston said it earlier. Do you think it's other cars are doing it as much, but you're just more inclined to notice a flashier car? Uh... There's other cars that do it, like Mercedes, for example. They see all the time. Uh, okay. Cut me off. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I, I notice it myself. And, and, and uh, so part of the deal is I try to be very conscious, especially for truck drivers who have, you oh know, a God. wealth of stuff to deal with. Yeah. Uh, but, and it's also oh incredibly God. dangerous to yeah. cut in front of a truck. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't they say that. They do not care. They do not care. Really? They all right. cut in front of me. They'd be, I'd be so close to hitting them. 
All I right. can't stop right on the dime. Yeah, exactly. All right, thanks, Jesus. Appreciate it, no man. No problem. Take yeah, care. Yep. I, I can't say that I noticed that it's one car more than, or one type of car more than any others. Um, and, in fact, I had a guy yesterday was not in a luxury car and was driving like a total a-hole. And the best part of it was is every single light uh, he caught, I ended up like either right behind him or right next to him. And I'm like... <laughs> you were gaining nothing. I, I just they love were... it. I'm like, oh, my God, you got... I'm so glad that you hey, got my... to this light right before me. Hi. Yeah. You know what I've noticed? Okay, so so with, with uh, luxury cars, people driving like a-holes versus crappy cars, people driving like a-holes, I've noticed a correlation that the crappier... Cars driving aggressively happen closer to Philadelphia than they do in the burbs because they can't make it out there. I don't know. I, I don't know, but I've noticed that the, uh, the, the 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 higher end, the the luxury car drivers that drive aggressive, I find are more in outlying areas than within the city limits of Philadelphia. I see the the aggressive, crappy car drivers <laughs> being in and around Philly for some reason. I don't know why I've picked up on that, but I have. Do you think it's because of the congestion and the nature of the roads closer to the city? That maybe. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know. You'll you'll find the BMW with the completely blacked out tinted windows driving like an a hole in the city. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, maybe I'm just just something for some reason I've I've paid closer attention to it. Whatever the case is, it does help. It does go to reinforcing a stereotype that we have about you yeah. know. I, I don't care. Well, here, Larry. Wants to stand up. He's a BM- He wants to stand up, for fellow BMW okay. drivers, or maybe for himself. I'm not really sure. Hey, Larry. Good morning. Hey, good morning. No, it's for myself, not BMW drivers. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. I, I, I happen to drive a BMW uh, 5 Series. Yeah. And the only reason why I bought it, I was a Toyota uh, buyer my whole life, and I needed a car with performance because I was constantly in traffic in '95 and traveling into Delaware, et cetera. And I needed the car to get out of trouble quickly if I had to, or brake if I had to. And the car had great performance. Since I bought it um, three years ago, I've noticed that not only do guys in pickup trucks, like, try and cut me off all the time for no apparent reason, <laughs> but I do note that other BMW drivers do drive like that. Okay. predominantly more in BMWs than Mercedes or possibly Audis. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm glad you brought up pickup trucks, Larry, because, and I was, I was going to bring this up after the call, but, like, uh, how come those guys are getting away with uh, uh, us not talking about... I no, agree. They're, they're bullies. Now, if you were to go, like, if it was car high school, the BMW driver would be the, the wise-ass preppy kid, right, who comes from a nice, you know, his parents. Okay. And Money. then... The, and I would be the prettiest cheerleader. You would be very, very pretty. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and misunderstood. Thanks, you know, so you yeah. actually got, like, a heart of gold, but people think just because you're pretty... That's that it. You're, okay, I anyway. Yeah. But the pickup truck is the bully. Okay, if if we're going to stereotype, yes. yeah. Okay, if, and if, that's if, what if, we if should we're going to do, do that, if we're going to be fair, we should stereotype. Because listen, no, well, Larry, Larry was saying he owns a BMW, but he drives respectively, and he yeah. he notices other BMW drivers that, that drive that way. Uh-huh. I I I notice a similar thing about pickup, especially the really big pickups. Yeah, because uh, they're big and they know it. And, yeah, and, and and listen, not everybody drives that way, but when a bigger vehicle like a like a pickup truck is bearing down on you. Uh, I will automatically go, you damn pickup driver. You know what I mean? It kind of just pops in my mind. Mm. Uh, but I have noticed that. Now, I've got a lot of pickups out where I live a little further out. I yeah. live off Northeast Extension. It's a little more rural out the there. Burbs. There's a lot of pickups out there. And I have seen people that 
They, they you know, they're up higher. It's mm-hmm. bigger. They kind of might have that for a reason, other than just hauling stuff around. So I do notice that. Casey. They've got the testicles hanging from the bumper. <laughs> the truck nuts are on the back. <laughs> well, a lot of those pickup trucks are just as much as a BMW. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Really some of those. Nice like, get, yeah. you're right, Marissa. Like, oh, if you God. get like like a like a like a really tricked out uh, like Raptor or something. By the way, and they're. They're pretty cool. They're pretty badass. Yeah. It says the BMW driver over here. You know, she's like, oh, man, uh, oh, this big up check. Yeah. Are you, what's mm. Marissa's driving like? I don't, you've driven with Marissa, right? Uh, yeah, she's an aggressive driver. Are you? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm defensive. Okay. In um, an offensive way? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, because I'm, I'm in a smaller car. I'm in a, like, a little two-door coupe. Can you? So okay. I, I, when I'm like driving next to a pickup, you have to be careful. Right. You know what? Somebody, and, and you guys know that I've, uh, I've uh, I, I used to be, a, uh, I used to get really hot under the collar of driving and, and getting pissed off at other drivers. I've, I've settled down a little bit. And somebody emailed me last time we talked about this, and and I, I tried out what they, what they offered up. Uh, they had said that they had personally calmed down and relaxed and feel better about driving since they started driving closer to the speed limit. And so I just started doing that. And so now I drive the speed limit and I go in the right lane and I I feel better because of it. <laughs> You're not in the rat race. I'm not in the rat oh. race. And you know what? Just go on. You do your th- you do you, you but do you, you but you accommodate by staying properly in the right lane. I'm staying in the if, right if lane. If you want a war, you I'm, go into the left I'm lane. I'm letting all that happen over there. Yeah. And, and I'm also I'm listening to audiobooks and things like that. Right. Which are kinda, wow. And you're texting. The, and I'm texting. <laughs> oh, and you're no, eating. I, the, the audiobook keeps me engaged, uh, keeps yeah. my mind engaged as as opposed to being Hyper focused on right. who's getting in front of who, yeah. and, and and I gotta, you know, I'm not letting that guy in, you know, and yeah. all that. I'm like, whatever. I'll tell you what. I'm listening to my stories right now. <laughs> if you want to just stories. check out, stories. make TikTok videos while you're driving, and you won't even care about what's right. yeah. at all yeah. about what's going on. I just can't sit behind the same person for too long. Like to me, to, <laughs> to engage in driving, I need to like move around a little bit. She needs to weave lanes. in and out of traffic. I don't weave, <laughs> but like I can sit in, behind a car for a little while, and then I'm like, all right, let me try the other lane and see what's going on in the one and then I'll move over because it's you're like, a social butterfly. Exactly. Yeah. On the like, highway. But social. also, as she's live streaming, she doesn't want the same car. <laughs> right. right. The background yeah, is boring. You never change. Yeah. Oh, no, but it's the same thing. Like when I'm walking, we were talking about pedestrians earlier, and I can't walk behind somebody who's going a little slow. I need. To I will tell you what is frustrating, and, and it drives my wife insane is to be behind a truck with no line of sight in front of uh, yeah, I, 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 like I don't that. like that. Yep. Yes. I, yep. I can't stand Now, that. they are remedying that in, in some ways because now they have the cameras. Like, you can see from in the back of the truck, you can see what's in front of the truck, and that does help. So I just if, go, I go around. Have you, have you ever seen that? Not on the road, no. So, yeah, yeah. So, on, on, and I've, I've been behind them. You'll have a truck that has basically, there is a, a screen on the back of the truck that's showing you what's in front of the truck. Hmm. Never in my life have wow. I yeah, seen yeah. that. It's Where do you wild. see that? Around on here? On an interstate. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 I, they're, they're, they are out there, but they have so that you you are seeing, uh, yeah, here we have a picture of it. Uh, I've never seen that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. All right. Now, we had somebody who wanted to defend decent BMW drivers. Right. Landon <laughs> wants to defend decent pickup truck drivers. Right. Hi, Landon. You're on the air. Good morning. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. What's up, buddy? So, I've driven large pickup trucks my whole life, like 15 and 2500s. And the biggest thing you have to look for on the road nowadays is the size of the bed. Okay. So, People that have a short bed are what we call weekend warriors. You know, they kind of just want a big SUV to drive around in. Right, right, right. But people like me, I'm a contractor, so I use an eight-foot bed my whole life. It's your livelihood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And the biggest thing with that truck is not actually the vehicle itself, but the $10,000 with the tools you have inside of it. Mm-hmm. So if people are driving around on the road uh, erratically around me. Usually in my truck, I'll try to get out of their way. Okay. Because, you know, if my truck gets hit, the insurance will cover that. But if my tools get broken, that's a whole nother event. I was right. on CityLine one time to that uh, point, Landon, and uh, a contractor, obviously. There must have been something. I, I Something went wrong, but the back opened up and his tools spread out all over the road. Yeah, wow. it, was, it was like, oh, my God. My brother-in-law had a, I don't know if he still has it. Uh, he had like a big old diesel you know, four tires in the back uh, pickup truck, and yeah. I drove that one time. Have you guys ever dr- uh, driven a pickup truck on like a highway or, or whatever? Yes, I have um, ever driven a pickup truck. Oh, dude, really? I ever. had no idea basically how to drive this thing, and I started fishtailing. I was coming onto the blue route. It was like maybe a little bit wet out, but I had no idea how like light the back of the truck yes, was. Very much so, and I, yep. I scared the hell out of me. Yeah, yeah, you got to get used to it. I feel terrible because um, I, I'm all of these people. Because when I was in high school, I drove my brother's F two fifty for a couple of years. You, why would you? <laughs> That's awesome. Why would you drive yeah. that? Because it was what, so did you cool. sit in the parking lot? I mean, <laughs> I mean, for God's sakes, I, it's a daunting vehicle for someone your size to drive. It was so cool. My brother went to college, so I got to drive his car. And that was yeah. your everyday car. Yeah, my oh sister in law is is uh, very tiny. She's probably shorter than Marissa. She's in her twenties, and she drives a giant pickup truck. Yeah, some people compensate. They love uh, it for small stature. What about you with the Jeep? You love the Jeep. Oh man, you love being up a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, it is cool. Yeah, Uh, but it's not big and imposing, so it's it's easy to drive. You know, it's uh, Jeeps are a lot of fun. I'm finding out. Let me get Lisa, who's a nine one one dispatcher. Hi, Lisa. Good morning. Morning. Hey, what's up? So nine times out of ten, when there's an erratic driver on the road, and like people call for it. If it's just, like, a regular, like, Honda or something, they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's like a blue sedan. If it's, like, a high-class, like, car, BMW, <laughs> they could probably tell me what color socks they were wearing. <laughs> <laughs> they That's funny. Wow. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, and he's drinking coffee, and I'm like, oh, what kind? They're like French roast. <laughs> <laughs> so they, people become immediately far more observant when it's a high-end car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all right. Like, I... He just picked his nose and turned left. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No, you're right. That's it's because yeah. uh, there's a bit of a, you know, uh, I don't know, an FU yeah. uh, factor to it. Well, well and let, you let, know let, what, let, though? For, well, I think, too, like if I were to call, I could easily identify a Mercedes, a BMW, uh, yeah. an Audi. But for me, like Toyota, Hyundai, those Nissan. symbols, like yeah. I need to look exactly. and see what it is. You're exactly right. Let me ask True. you, Lisa, how, uh, statistically, if you can, it, with any sort of the data that you've accrued over the year in years in your job, are the 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 what is the predominant amount of calls that you get when people are talking about erratic drivers? Are they higher end vehicles or is it an even split across the board? Um, it's a lot of times it's like Hondas, like Honda Civic. A lot of times because there's more of those on the road, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you get um like pickup trucks, like the smaller pickup pickup trucks. Um, and then I, I would say the next would be like, um, the Jeep that all train Jeeps and stuff. Wow. But like, okay. it's least likely for the high end ones to be driving, get the radicals about. But if, when we do, it's like, <laughs> the details are just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. They can give you the VIN number probably as you're driving wow. along too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're like, <laughs> I think they're sketching in the window. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, all right. Thanks Lisa. I appreciate it. You know, where I see a lot of, uh, uh, aggressive driving are, uh, work vans. Uh, a lot of you know guys that are that are driving a lot, 
uh, going from place to place. It's not their vehicle. And uh, hey, and, and I see them work vans driving really around. Yeah, when well, tow trucks we've yeah. talked about. Yeah. In the industry of just tow trucks, we talked about how crazy they are to get to the accident. Yeah, and, and Press, when it, <clears throat> what kind of baffles me is when the name of the company and the phone number is on the side of the truck. How's my driving? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I did. I called one place one time. This guy blew around me in through at uh, past through a, a red light through an intersection yeah. to get through it. And I was already going over the speed yeah, limit yeah. as it was, and I'm like, that's insane. That guy's going to kill somebody. So it had a phone number on the side of the van. I called it, and I'm yeah. like, dude, this guy nearly killed a bunch of people. Right, it's right, right. Very easily done it. Mm-hmm. It was in New Jersey, and I don't know if they ever did anything about it, but I was just really pissed off about it. Uh, so according to this study, if you drive a pricey car, uh, you may be a jerk. Uh, so keep that in mind. Yeah. All right, please. Put on your Audible book and just relax. Yeah, relax a little bit. All right, there... Uh, I, I wanted to the hallowed halls of the Just Saying Institute. I wanted to get to at least one... acres in West Virginia. One more study from the uh, Just Saying Institute. Uh, let's go... <laughs> Let me see. God, there's all... A lot of good things. stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you, want, you want to stick on... You want to stay on the roads? Yeah. Want to do another another driving thing? Seems sure. Like a lot of calls on this. Um, so you'd think older drivers would cause an uptick in traffic ac- accidents, but a new study debunks that. In 2009, uh, Japan added cognitive tests to its license renewal process for those aged 75 and up, and a new study shows that since then, traffic injuries have actually increased. Uh, because so run this by me again. Uh, so they're, I'm they're too are, stupid to perceive this. I, I think there are, there are fewer older drivers on the road, and traffic injuries have increased. Okay. Uh, specifically, there was an increase in those older individuals who lack the protection of a motor vehicle. This is because of Japan's forced euthanization past a certain age, right? Yeah, that must yeah. be it, really. Uh, it says, our findings suggest that Japan's licensing policies may not adequately consider the dangers facing those who become unprotected when they must start walking or biking after losing their license. Huh. Right. I, you know what I'm guessing? Here's what I'm guessing. What? Old people on bicycles weaving in and out of traffic are causing more accidents. That's what it sounds like. All right, that's stupid. Let me oh, go to something a, else. Yeah. That was a stupid <laughs> story from the Just Saying Institute. Okay. Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> we went halfway around the world to figure out we didn't like it. Yeah. I mean, Casey said we have breaking news here. Yeah. Is this breaking news? This is breaking news. I actually, yeah. I got to hit this button. Yeah, I got to go to a phone call. Breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, per our conversation about. Uh, BMWs and uh, pickup trucks. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go to Jason. Hi, Jason. Good morning. Good morning. Certified that you guys at work. No, it's all good. You're, you're a correspondent in the field. What did you see, sir? So heading on northbound on I-95 and just before the Girard Avenue exit, there was an accident with a pickup truck and a BMW. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Talk about a timely story. Yes. You're a good field reporter, Jason. <laughs> nice. Did it look like a fender bender or a serious accident? Fender bender, nothing major. All right, major. All right good. good. We, that's good. We don't want anyone to be hurt. No, we just want them off the road. But there you go. Two aggressive drivers <laughs> met each other, and look what happened. Accident on your BMWs and my pickup truck. Ninety-five. No, your pickups in my BMW, sir. <laughs> Two great tastes. The tastes great together. All right. One. Does more BMW thing. make a pickup truck? No. 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 They have like a crossover. Well, I mean, they have the X3, the X5. There's another X1, maybe like an X7 or something like that. And then they had that like crossover one. Not a pickup truck, though. Not yeah. a pickup no. truck. Um, Jeep now makes something that is similar is to that a the pickup Commander, truck. I think it's called. I don't know what that's Jackson called. Jackson has it. I like it's it. neat looking. Yeah. yeah. Jackson's cool. vehicle is nice looking. I don't, 
personally, I don't see the point of it because if you, you know, yeah. if you're going to have a Jeep, why not go have, all why it, go not all have it. a whole Jeep? Yeah, yeah, but I agree. My neighbor has one. It's it's cool looking. If if you need the bed for the bed, something, yeah, I understand. Right. Um, Gladiator is what it's called. Gladiator, okay. They're kind of cool, yeah. I, is, uh, is the Tesla pickup on the road yet? Not that I don't think so. We saw that. Yeah, it's weird looking, right? Yeah. I, I want to see it in person before I get conclusive about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it has a futuristic design. Yeah, you know, that's the one with the unbreakable windows. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. They shattered it during the demonstration <laughs> like five that. times. Uh-huh. These are the things from the Justine Institute today that I thought I would bring up. Well, they uh, were really good stuff. Thank you. We we do need to take a break. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast, 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks.